0: No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Botter. The finest uncooperative, conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the wall. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative radio is coming for you.
2: Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to CooperativeRadio.com, And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan hello, Susan.
3: Hello, American patriots.
2: All right, what are we talking about tonight? Is
3: the microphone centered properly?
2: It's beautiful. Okay.
3: <laughs> on Thursdays, we start with the Pledge of Allegiance. Brian will once again rant. Then the Second Amendment report. And it's the economy, stupid. Then medical madness, and who was George Mason? Another, ta- another time for list history. No, I just did that right. Time for another history lesson.
2: Oh, I'm yeah, getting... i did. all you had to do was read. <laughs> I
3: know I'm dyslexic. No, you're not. George don't, don't Mason. George Mason.
2: Wasn't he one of your favorite founding fathers? Yes, he's on the list.
3: He he was one of them that did not sign the uh, the uh, I know, Constitution. That's very interesting. I wanted to bring it up. Hopefully we'll get to he, it.
2: I believe he, he he's one of the ones who wrote for the Anti-Federalist Papers. But not he, all of he us. He found he gave too much power to the executive branch, which it didn't. But uh, don't worry, Congress fixed that for you.
3: Yeah, how many years later, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought it was really nice to uh, highlight him. If we get to him, if not, we're going to do him next show.
2: Yeah, he was basically wrong when you think about it, because... Most uh, empires die off in 200 years. Most government systems, most, uh, usually throughout history, about 200 years, boom. Well, we're here. Yeah, so he was wrong about that because we, we didn't become tyrannical for first 200 years. So everything after that is gravy, right? But here we are in this mess at this time, and it's starting to feel pretty tyrannical to me. But, you know, I'm just funny that way. <laughs> oh, all right. It is Thursday, so it's time for the pledge. All right, patriots, hand of a heart, face the flag. You don't have a flag, get a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty liberty. And justice for all. I will rant. <laughs> That's all it says. No idea what I'm supposed to rant about.
3: Yes, it's right underneath. Stop it. And you were extremely passionate about this last night. That's why I wanted you to tell the folks. Uh, you watched an episode of the SUV, you know, Special Victims Unit.
2: Well, if you say it right, it might make sense. <laughs>
3: Special Victims Unit.
2: Yeah, well, you said SUV.
3: Okay, sorry. See, I told you. I don't know. I'm not reading right tonight.
2: Put your glasses on.
3: Now, you were... This episode really got you very upset.
2: Well, yeah, but that was then. I'm not upset about it now. I
3: know, but you have to... There were so many good points that you brought up. That the, the First of all, the judicial system is crap. What they did to this kid. And trannies.
2: Yeah,
3: Yes. my kid calling, would
2: not be a tranny. But, we're not uh,
3: calling them transgender anymore. They're trannies.
2: Well, that's what they used to be called. They consider that a derogatory name-calling. We just shortened the name, that's all. <laughs> uh, transgender is just too much trouble to say. Tranny's easier. So anyway, as for you with the tranny, well, yeah, the kids were... The kids were wrong. They should be messing around with the freak. But uh, I'm sorry, that's what they use the term "freak." You know I mean? but you got to admit, when a boy is out in a dress and makeup, you might get a little attention. But they went a little too far. And but the story, I didn't like the way they they persecuted the kid because, yeah, all right, so they 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 were harassing him or whatever. But it was an accident when he pushed the kid who landed on him. And then he freaked out because the tranny just landed on him. But he was holding his camera. That's why he was reaching for the camera. He fell on him. It fell on him. And uh, anyway, he just instinctually said, get off, we freaking pushed him. And it was on a bridge, so... They were hanging off one side, and when he pushed him, he went all the way to the other side, flipped over the other side of the bridge. And turned out that was because... It said, it's high heels caught in the grass that made a trip and fall over the... I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, It was an accident, obviously. He didn't mean to kill the kid. And he didn't kill him, actually. kid lived through that, made it to the hospital. And then uh, the kid who did it drew up... uh, He was an artist, so he drew... Forgive me. I I don't know what they call it. Pictures, I guess. Graphic novel kind of stuff. And the kid was very happy about that. So The tranny. The tranny, yeah. Very happy about someone saying, I'm sorry. And you know, in the end, the last picture showed a black arm and a white arm and in
3: well, brotherhood
2: embrace. And you
3: didn't tell them that it was a black kid and a white tranny.
2: I didn't mention, are you a racist? <laughs> what does skin color have to do? You
3: racist bastard.
2: <laughs> Other than black people in general do have a problem with homosexuals. Look, I just... The way it is, is—is a community. They don't like homosexuals. They don't like spics. That's their term, not mine. Although, I don't know why anyone went up around spic. It's like, it was just short for Spanish.
3: That's what they used to call me.
2: So? <laughs> it was better than horse face. They, they called me all kinds of things. Mick, Mick was one of them, but, uh... I don't think it's insulting. I don't care. Anyway, I thought, uh... I think they went overboard in prosecuting this kid and was really too light on the other two black kids that were involved because they were the actual pusher. They still were harassing, picking, up, trying to pick up its dress and all that stuff. They shouldn't have been. It was just ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, the, the young kids just starting into probably puberty – and it's a very kind of confusing time, and then you have to deal with trannies. You can see how things get complicated.
3: Well, the progs did this on purpose. They did it on purpose to separate us and have us at each other's throats.
2: Well, it certainly is working. Anyway, the tranny died in the hospital anyway of complications from the broken femur, the blood globules from the, uh, from the uh, marrow was released into the bloodstream. It's not... It is actually pretty common. Made its way to the lungs and killed it. So, before he was just gonna get, you know, slapped on the wrist because he said he was sorry and all that and the family didn't want to prosecute. And then the kid died of complications. Then, oh, well, now he's back on the chopping block. And then they charge him as a, an adult. I mean, you this is a good kid. He he worked hard. He did his homework. He had good grades. He was really trying to get out of the inner city. He didn't like the, living in the projects. And they took this kid who made made one mistake and they threw him into the system and threw him to the dogs. Maybe a seven-year sentence that will start, I guess he's 15, so three years in juvenile. But after that, the rest of the term will be served in the regular prison that kid's going to come out of the system a convicted felon so he can't get a job he's he's gonna know nothing but criminality now he was now raised by the system and you know what happens when you you go in that jail you can't spend years in that environment and not come out changed that's just the way it is Uh, so I don't think, I think I covered it all, didn't I?
3: Well, again, you said last night, if you're going to be totally different from the rest, most of the population, you need to own it. You decided that you want to do this. That doesn't mean that we have to think you're normal or treat you that way.
2: No, you have to. They want acceptance, you see. Tough. We all want acceptance. And if you've ever lived a life, there have, you have experienced groups that did not accept you. Get over it.
3: This is a Judeo-Christian nation, okay? And you're going against most people's beliefs.
2: No, no, he wasn't a homosexual. There you go again. This has nothing to do with sexuality.
3: Okay, well then he guess what? He just likes
2: to dress in women's clothing and wear makeup. He doesn't want to have sex with boys. There's a difference.
3: Yeah, except that what he would he's attracting men to him. Well, <laughs> Why would you do that if you didn't want to attract men to you?
2: I don't know what you mean dress
3: up as a girl.
2: I don't know. it likes to be dressed up like a girl. that's all
3: so that how do you solve the problem in school? what
2: problem like
3: what all the, all these schools across the country it seems
2: like you're making a problem
3: no, the boys want the ones that are dressing up like girls want to go in the girls' room and the locker room. Well, I
2: told you that's real simple. It's all about genitalia. There's no boys' room with girls' room. It's the penis room and the vagina room. If you've got a vagina, you go in that door. If you've got a penis, you go in that door. And I don't want to hear anything else about it. And that's how you handle the problem. See? Simple. It, You know, it's not real hard to solve problems if you just think and not worry about being politically correct all the time. We
3: shouldn't have to solve this but problem. But since we can't <laughs>
2: use gender references, we're going to have to use genitalia, Roy, for just because that's a scientific fact. That's anatomical... And that's just the end of it. That's we are dealing with the anatomical correct and not the politically correct. Again, I don't care what you consider yourself, a boy, girl or an alien, if you get a penis, you go in that door. Vagina, you go in that door. Got it?
3: And that has to do with you're talking about people that are having babies are saying the same thing. They don't want they don't want their 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 babies to have any gender.
2: Oh yeah, they're they're pushing for all the toys to be gender neutral and they use gender neutral colors because, you know, we gotta know that as soon as they enter into preschool, they're gonna be teaching them all about homosexuality. And everything else you don't want to talk about. But that's what they're doing. Everybody, I already know in kindergarten they had the king and the king and uh, the prince and the prince and the I don't, I don't think they had the I think they had the princess and the princess too. I don't know. They've got all kinds of things out there to try and destroy your children's minds and lives, ruin their childhood completely. Man, I, the schools are screwed. <laughs> I can't believe people still drop their kids off there.
3: Well, a lot of the counties are pushing right now to take it back. They really are. There is a movement. I don't know how effective it's going to be if you don't have your school boards
2: You can't. and your state. <laughs> well, the only way to do it is you can't accept federal funds which you shouldn't anyway that's unconstitutional find me in the constitution where it says the government's allowed to dip in the treasury for state aid for any number of things it gives money for the state to do like welfare go ahead try and if you want to get really broad you you uh lefties with your oh the commerce clause means everything and the supremacy clause means everything and the general welfare clause that means welfare see okay great (laughs) no the general welfare of the republic which we don't have any longer oh by the way the constitution does say we are guaranteed a republican form of government now why do we have that up there that's not a republican form of government not unless we put the the senators back to the states but the all our laws are based on nothing it's not based on the constitution And now we have these bureaucracies up there we need to get rid of. And people don't think, don't understand we didn't need them to begin with. And we don't need them now. As a matter of fact, it's sort of like Brando. We don't stop watering the plants with Brando. Same thing. Stop watering the government with tax dollars and more power. All illegal. The minute we get our states back, bye bye. The whole thing's gone.
3: Oh, there he is.
2: But, you know, again, we'll be going back to a free market, so there'll be plenty of jobs for all the bureaucrats when we kick them out the door. Or they can start a business. A lot of them did that down in Puerto Rico. I don't know what happened. That guy, that one guy we talked the about, one back governor, there, the one governor, he had that back on the right track, man. Yes, right. Everything was going and then great. They,
3: and they voted and in a
2: socialist. It, this, is, this is what happens. And then they, they got a free. They did this in the UK, too, in England. With Margaret Thatcher. I mean, she was great. And then what which way did they go? The other way. After she, you know, let's go all wild and labor, you know, it was the Labour Party. I don't know. People now are sitting around saying we we'd be better off if we were in parliament. No, we wouldn't. It was that was obviously one of the things floated at the Constitutional Convention and was rejected. Notice that everybody our government only likes parliaments because anytime we save some place and rebuild them like iraq what kind of government do they end up with oh yeah well, parliamentary yes form they government. do
3: we've talked about this for years because i'm saying to myself i've never wrapped my head around it why would you not give them a republic
2: because they don't want the republic that's why they had the 17th amendment and I don't know how I, I don't know how they got all those ratified. I can't believe it was on the up and up, because that was Tommy to Tommy Woodrow Wilson. Everybody voted for income tax and to give take the senators away from the state government. Really, I, I'm not buying it. But it doesn't matter. It's there now. Once we get back to where we're going. Uh, we can have a con- Then we can have a convention of the states. After we take back all the states with like-minded people, this is when the convention of states might be okay. But only, f- only specifically to repeal the sixteenth, seventeenth, sixteenth, and fourteenth. The
3: fourteenth.
2: But yeah, I was just thinking of something else. No, I'm, might have to change a word or something. But eh. those are the biggies. Those got to go. Uh, this way, no more income tax, no more IRS. Better than flat tax. Anything's better than, anything's better than a consumption tax, so kick the fair tax to the curb now. Uh, Never going for that. Flat tax intermediaries, the only thing that is constitutional because, again, I don't care what the court said, 16th Amendment did not get rid of equal protection under the law. And that concept of privileged immunities, increased for law, all that's in the main body of the constitutional unamended. You you have to be treated equally under the law. Therefore, tax is tax law has to be equal. In other words, everybody plays the same percentage. Everybody. I don't care if you make a penny. I know you will have to figure out a way to break off a piece of a penny. I don't know. Now, if you if you make a dollar, you send in ten cents. Ten percent no, across the board. You make a billion dollars. Well, that's like you're gonna get nine hundred billion dollars. <laughs> uh, it, it, that's a lot more money. Ten percent of a billion is a lot more than a dollar, right? So that's what makes it fair. the The people that have more, they'll be paying more. They won't be paying a higher percentage. I don't know why you people think that's a good idea. How you can look yourself in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, oh, they've got money, they should... Well, we need 75% of everything they own. 75% to own. <laughs> no. It's... Look, first of all, you'll get more money from them if you go with the flat tax anyway. They're going to pay 10%. Everybody's going to pay 10%. That's fair. The actual numbers will, you know... It's, <laughs> Uh, but, but it's not fair. They make more money than me, but they only have to pay 10% just like me. Yes, but their 10% is a lot more than yours, right? That's Is that not fair? All right, that's That seems a lot of, uh, you know, taking a lot of weight off the bottom end there. Oh, in the beginning, it might have to be 20% to start, you know. But we're going to repeal that. And we're going to go back to the states funding the government. So the government's got to ask the states permission for the money. We don't give it to them. We give our taxes to our local and state governments. They give the money that they owe for constitutional things to the national government. That's how it used to be. And it's all done by how many people you have in your state. Just like... House of Representatives. It's based the same thing. You get this, you know. It's based on the census. Well, That's the point of it. And the more people you have, the more representation you're going to get, and also the more higher taxes you're going to get, because you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be per capita.
3: Well, you make a good point because all of these illegal brown pieces of crap and Muslims that are flooding into an area near you, is not going to benefit you because of what you just said. You may get more representation, but you're going to get more taxation as well. Right. So you might not want these brown pieces of crack and Muslims in the area.
2: Oh, you wouldn't. (laughs) You you just wouldn't. Uh, Because you'll be paying more. You see, you can be a sanctuary city now, it doesn't cost you anything. In fact, you get more money for the federal government. Uh, when we go back to the way it originally was done well now you got to pay for every person that they count in the census in your state if you want to have a lot of illegal aliens around that do nothing but you know take 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 and pay 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 more for them well great more power to you that seems better because California can decide to send all that money out and where they're getting it but they can send it and the rest of us you know we won't we won't want that Well, except for New York's probably stupid enough to behave like that, too. Uh, There's probably a couple of states. Speaking of states, you know what was really bizarre? You know what our, on Spreaker, you know what our biggest geographical area where people listen to us? This show? This show.
3: Washington State.
2: Yes, how did you know that?
3: Because you showed me.
2: Oh. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) overwhelming the amount of people that... Uh, download and listen to my shows Hello,
3: Washington. over at
2: Speaker.com comes from Washington State. You wouldn't think the left coast. I guess they're they're trapped in the left coast horror over there. Uh, I'm talking to you right now. I guess I should speak directly instead of in a third person sense. <laughs> but you're not here, you see. And I'm not there.
3: And I have to push the button.
2: i push the button.
4: Mr. President, members of Congress... You've been making a lot of noise about taking our guns away. But you might want to review history. 1835, Gonzales, Texas territory. The authorities wanted to confiscate the big gun that protected that colony. You know what the people said? Come and take it. Because they were willing to fight
5: for their freedom and their guns. So are we come and take it if you want it. Come and take it if you can. You come and take it, but I warn you, you'll have to buy it from a cold dead hand. We want the freedom that God gave us, so you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come to us and take
2: it. Just like some guys. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Sheriff. Uh...
3: Thank you, Steve Voss.
2: Oh, Steve Voss.
3: You always oh, I do I that. Clark, Sheriff
2: Clark for some reason. <laughs> do
3: you always get them mixed up. He's not a singer.
2: The... Sheriff
3: Clark is not a singer.
2: I, I get that. He, I wouldn't have called that singer, really. <laughs> uh, okay. So, citizens has got to read an armed citizen story.
3: I am. Give me a second.
2: And I'm going to try not to cut my lip on this chipped glass i cannot believe you chipped this glass this is we get thick thick iced tea glasses just because otherwise they're just turned to sh- shatters them uh this these things i threw this i threw this against the dryer once across the room and nothing happened to it and i dented the dryer how did you chip it
3: how did you get that glass that's mine
2: it's the one you gave me
3: uh-uh you've been using that forever you just learned this chip now
2: you might have chipped it recently no
3: no, it's been shipped for years.
2: Oh, well. Okay. Then you swap that glasses on me.
3: All right, so this is an armed citizen story from America's First Freedom an NRA Magazine. Get over it.
2: Comes free with you your $35 <laughs> per year membership. Also, keep an eye out. They have all kinds of deals like hats and bags and stuff like that you can get. So if you get, think about it. For $35, you get a magazine subscription. You get... Accident insurance, you get firearm insurance. That right there is a good number for reason. but then on top of that you can get a free gift. What? how 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 much come on. It's they only thirty five bucks, right? And yeah, I shouldn't say that. Thirty five bucks is a lot to me. Well when we don't but agree But it's worth it.
3: We don't agree everything that the NRA does or no, but it's the only organization that is out there for our gun rights. And, and if you
2: listen to them, they're calling, they're calling the NRA uh, terrorist group. They're not calling all the other gun groups, right? There's a bunch of them. How come they never talk about them? Because they're not the ones that are getting are effective. It's the NRA. They have so many members and so much power. They've been doing this for so long. They even got a seat in the U.N. to, uh, as a uh, what do you call it, non-NGO? So that they can monitor what they're doing with these UN things and gun control slipping into them.
3: Non-governmental organization.
2: That's what I said, non-governmental organization. NGO. But I probably mumbled it.
3: Yeah, you did. (laughs) Oh, You just said NGO. That's what they heard. (laughs) Okay, so shortly after 9 p.m., a gas station clerk exchanged gunfire with three masked armed robbers using the firearm he legally carried. Thus, protecting a co worker from harm. The clerk sustained injuries to the hip and leg that were determined to be non life threatening. Two of the 20 year old suspects were taken to the hospital and later died. Woohoo! These are the ones you like.
2: The ones that die, but yeah. I don't like them going to the hospital first. That costs money.
3: True. The third suspect is reportedly still being sought by police who are investigating other convenience store robberies in the area. And this is really old, so they probably, either they caught him or we did, I don't know. The repository, Canton, Ohio, nine fourteen fourteen. so this is from last year. But he did kill two of them, so.
2: Yeah, but the other one's going to cost a lot of money with the, the hip and.
3: Well, no, the, 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 the clerk was the one that got in the hip and the leg. The clerk that was defending them, he got shot in the hip and leg, and then he killed the other two.
2: Oh! And the third one ran away. Okay, there was three then. Okay, third one ran away. Ah, uh, well, you missed one, but a
3: two out of three ain't bad.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that and that's if he got shot first. That's saying a lot. But keeping yes, keeping your head after getting shot.
3: Well, yes, and, and you. This is civilians. I mean, they're not. They, when they're veterans, they tell us they're veterans. So under that kind of pressure, that's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, I think so. Okay, what else are you doing? The Daily Beast. Oh, that's me now. Right. Yes. Okay, and you're still gonna do that that way, even though I says every time you do it, it confuses me. All right, from the dot com. Why would we go to the Daily Beast? Ew.
3: You said you didn't care where you got your news from. I don't. I just don't <laughs> like saying the name. Oh, okay.
2: This is in Chicago. Four men and two women were shot on April the 5th last year. Then five weeks later, a 15-year-old boy and two men were shot. Another 15-year-old boy and two men were shot in July. Three men were shot on August the 21st. Three men and a 73-year-old woman were shot in September. Again, in September, two boys, ages 12 and 16, were shot, along with the 18-year-old man. Two women and one man were shot on that same block on November the 19th. Somehow this doesn't make sense because we don't have the title. I hate when they, they when they make a title that they'll never, like, put it in the copy. So... Sometimes you don't know what the heck they're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
3: but isn't this this isn't this Obama land? <clears throat> isn't this where all these lovely people that are screaming gun Obama control, land. gun yes, control?
2: Yes. Yes, Obama land. <clears throat> anyway, there's a whole lot of killing going on. These mass shootings didn't happen in Roseburg, Lafayette, Charleston, or Chattanooga, but in Chicago's worst neighborhoods where by one measure It is more dangerous to live than the world's most murderous countries. West Garfield Park, population 18,000, had 21 murders last year, which makes for a homicide rate of 116 per 100,000 people. The world's leader in murders, Honduras, has a homicide rate of 90, according to the United Nations. Yes, Honduras... We really should have done what we're, we're planning to do there. Following West Garfield Park in Lethality was West Englewood and its 73.3 murder rate, more than second place Venezuela with its 53.7 rate. Chicago's Chatham, 58, beats Belize, 44.7. Englewood, 52.6, outdoes El Salvador, 41.2. Chicago, 48 times Guatemala, 39.9. The United States as a whole has 4.5 murders per 100,000 people. And wasn't it the doofus that came out called Caesar? I can't believe he thinks you yeah, stupid. All the places with tough gun control laws have the least amount of crime. What a crock of crap that is. Nothing beats New York City, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'd lived it. It's a murder central in the ghettos out there. You've got to be kidding me. People are getting killed left and right. In, in my P.A.R., one night didn't go by where I, there wasn't a shooting. That's in my little area of response. This idiot comes out and says, where are the Go tough- How about Chicago? Pretty tough gun control laws. no. Still got high crime. We just covered that, right? California, too, by the way. <clears throat> D.C., by the way, where where the it, Caesar, lives is also a very high crime rate city in the United States of America. Again, tough gun control laws. Crime went down a little bit when they won that case in court that actually allowed people to have guns in their house. Or own guns in the D.C. at all. Because they don't want it. And they keep trying to go around it and then they go to court and then get back to court again. And, but meanwhile, everybody's dying. And just because it's they want you to be pacified so that when they come with the information that we are now part of the new world order, they, nothing you can do about it. If he takes your guns away, there's nothing. He. he how are we going to get rid of the bureaucracies? He armed them all. Didn't you see all, all those stupid bureaucrats out there ordering all this ammo? And, and uh, they didn't know I didn't see firearms, but uh, I guess they had to put the bullets in something. Uh, so they're buying about a bunch of billions of am, ammo, just crazy. Uh, also, riot gear and SWAT, you know, bulletproof vests. And, and they, this is like the post office. I'm, I'm kidding you. This, the post office. Has gotten all that. But I just do that because, you know, when growing up in my day and age, we knew the term going postal. Well, as this guy came in, his postal workers disgruntled, him, came in and shot everybody. And uh, so ever since then, we called it going postal. But but now it's Columbine and all that. It doesn't really wash, I guess. But they're going to give them firearms, ammunition, profess vest, the whole nine yards. Them, the post office, they're not even government, aid. they're not a real government, they're a pseudo-government agency. It's kind of hard to explain. Someone th- everyone thinks they're private. No, the government pays the bills. The government pays for it. And it's in the Constitution. So it is legal. But it is inefficient, and they should they should get someone under contract to do it, like UPS or DHL or something like that, on a contract rate, base by base, you know, how many years. And uh, that would solve the problem. But I have to go to a breaks. So this is young cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
5: You live here? Yes. Yeah. Well maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems a certain voodoo priest who who have the power to bring him back to life.
6: Oh, horrible.
5: It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats?
7: Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 9168. 800-764-9168. 800-764-9168. That's
0: 800-764-9168. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this
7: ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery.
3: Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo.
7: Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704.
4: That's 800-368-6704. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments?
2: Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, okay, Where are we?
3: Well, we were talking about the murdered capitals of the world. They're not talking about Detroit, Los Angeles. Well, we got
2: plenty of them. They were gonna I mean, I all, of them. all over
3: the place.
2: <laughs> Chicago's probably the worst. That's why they did that, probably all right. From Politico. Yes, the left-wing rag Politico. Senate Democrats will begin a campaign to combat gun violence on Thursday as party leaders prepare to unveil a sweeping package of legislation that builds on their failed 2013 attempt to require universal background checks for gun purchases, according to senators and aides. That's today. That's
3: today. They're doing it. They did it today. Because now they're shut down. So they were working on this today while well, the Kevin McCarthy thing. See, do you notice that? You see the bobbles, the shiny bobbles? Yeah. Okay. Everybody's going with the Kevin McCarthy thing, and this is going on at the same time.
2: Correct. However, notice the wording here. Listen carefully failed the 2013 attempt to require universal background checks for gun purchases, according to senators and aides. What does that mean? Oh, universal means every sale. In other words, private sales from me to you, or if I give a gun from me to my son, I'll have to document it and blah, 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 everything. No. Background checks... There are no, there's no gun show loophole. At gun shows, actual licensed dealers buy booths. and when you buy a gun from them, they have to do a background check. The only time it's not done is when, I don't know, you find someone walking around wanting to sell, uh, sell or trade a gun that you want, and the two of you go and uh, make an exchange. So what? That's just two private individuals. The overwhelming majority of guns there are are owned by the people in the booths who are dealers. They've got their FFL, and they have to do background checks. I got a gun at a gun show. I had to have a background check, except for one thing. I had a carry permit, so at the time, if you had a concealed carry permit, you didn't need a background check. Well, because you've already gone through the background check to get the concealed carry permit. No, I I'm, I gave my permit up because I didn't like that I had to give up my rights to actually cons- carry concealed. I couldn't carry it where I could carry exposed. So, um, and no, I'm not worried. You know, I hear this all the time. You get these smug idiots on the internet too that think they know something. Uh, if you walk around like that, the bad guys will just target you. They'll they'll shoot you in the back. They'll take your gun. Yeah. Well, it's it sounds good in theory. But has it ever happened? I haven't read one story about it. When I go to town, I carry open. I've never had anybody try and bother me. And I'm sorry, criminals do not think that way. I know that because I used to take them to the hospital. and I know exactly how they think. Mostly they're cowards. They're not, they could go anywhere near someone with a gun. And if they were planning something... They might change their plans if they see a bunch of people walking around with sidearms, right? The answer to all the gun violence is more guns, not less. Just the way it is. Just like the answer to all our political problems are more free speech, not less. Try and explain that to a demon current. So the goal is to have the entire caucus, minus perhaps one centrist Democrat, backing a legislative package aimed at preventing guns from ending up in the hands of the wrong people.
3: Who is? De- who do they deem the wrong people?
2: I don't know who they deem the wrong people. <laughs> they can uh, see, but we consider the wrong people criminals. I don't know what they consider the wrong people. Uh, anybody? Oh, and
3: Muslims—we don't want Muslims to, to have guns.
2: You don't want that. No, they want Muslims to have guns. They don't want veterans to have guns. You know, I want to thank everybody for all that mental health crap you pushing around gun control. Because now my fellow vets are being disarmed around the country because oh, they suffer from PTSD, so they can't have firearms. That's not what I wanted. To think. All right, um, we're tra- we're trying to play Pictionary here, I guess. Could could I please have the microcloth that should be back here? And so in addition to background checks, Democrats are aiming to add new money for the Justice Department's existing background check system that has recently faltered and include provisions to prevent domestic abusers from buying guns. Sources familiar with the package said.
3: There we go again. Anybody can be deemed a domestic abuser by anyone.
2: Yeah, it's the, usually they give women, in some places, they just every time you get a divorce, it's just automatically the women file for orders of protection because their lawyers tell them to. And so everybody, get, almost a lot of guys get divorced, end up with uh, yeah, problems because you can't own firearms. Uh, as in Mr. Emerson, Dr. Emerson found out when it happened to him, and they put him in jail. So, but this, this is a big deal when they say that. Again, the mental health thing. Who decides if you're mentally competent? Who decides if you have a mental health disease? I consider liberalism a mental health disorder. They might consider conservatism a mental health disorder. I'm just saying, it, it, it's... <laughs> you're giving them too much power to define who it is they're going to screw and now we're giving them more money. Prevent domestic beers from buying guns. Sources with the Pack said. The measure is also expected to include a proposal from Senator Patrick Leahy. Democrat Vermont. Intended to cut down on gun trafficking. Sources said. You can cut down on violent crime by letting us all carry guns. Uh, also you can get rid of the unconstitutional war on everything. Uh, but especially drugs.
3: You could also get rid of our... Oh, prosec- and trans
2: fats and salt and...
3: How about prosecuting for Fast and Furious? That was gun trafficking by our government.
2: Yes, it was. Mr. Leahy? That was store purchases by our government. Well, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm amazed I can see. <laughs> uh, my glasses are toast. I think I'll just try without them. The... Package, which will be discussed at a Thursday press conference, but is unlikely to be officially introduced this week, also aims to ensure that all key records are sent to a federal database and would make straw purchasing a federal crime. It already is a federal crime. Straw purchases where you purchase a firearm for somebody else that can get a firearm. That's a straw purchase. And it's already against the law. It's already a federal crime. What the heck are they talking about? It's one of the th- one of the questions right on the form. I filled it out so much I should probably memorize it by now. It's amazing every time. How, why can't why can't you get a card after your first background check? And it says hey, and like the, like the concealed carry permit. You don't have to do it again. The background check. So I'm just saying why every time I buy a gun I got to go through a background check. That background check costs money. That means I'm paying more for my gun. All to tell the federal government, uh, I'm buying a, sh- a handgun or a long gun. Anyway, uh, back to this nonsense. We want to solve the problem and not just talk. But I, we'd rather you just talk.
3: We'd rather because you, talk. you are the problem. We'd rather you talk at home.
2: Well, we'd rather we'd them not, not be there. Be there at all. <laughs>
3: we don't want you to do anything.
2: Go home. We should, have a, we should have a moratorium on the national government, like a month, without gov- without the national government. No one will know. You won't even notice. So anyway, they say they want to solve the problem, but I don't think so. So we're putting forward something that is solid and is supported by 90% of the American people. Wow. These people really do throw around a lot of numbers, don't they? Where would they come up with this not, uh, this figure? Where would they ask? What are you talking about? 90% percent of Americans don't want more gun control laws. We have over 20,000 gun control laws in this country now. We we don't need new laws. We need laws enforced. We don't need restrictions, which a restriction is infringement, by definition, on our constitutional and rights. What the court said it could be reasonable. No, there's no reasonable infringement. Right? It says shall not be infringed. No infringing. You can't do that. But 90% got how many people how, and that would mean most gun owners want more gun laws, which is a you got to be kidding me. Uh yeah, 90 that means 10% really wants it. That's what that means. They just said, "Well, I'll say 90%." It'll sound better. Said Barbara Boxer, Democrat, California, a leading advocate for stricter gun laws. we shouldn't have any gun laws, none zero zilch, period, zero, zilch, and nada. no federal gun laws whatsoever. That's what the Second Amendment actually says <sighs> The critics of the Congress all right. We're not doing enough to protect against gun violence. You can't protect us any more than the police can. How can you protect it? The police can't protect us. But Barbara Boxer from D.C. will will put, I guess, herself will clone herself and put herself in every family, armed and ready to back you up. Right? That's what she's talking about. Right? Because we all the passing a law. How's that going to make you safer? Especially if it's harder for you to get a firearm. What that that makes more victims the people that can't get firearms end up victims because they can't defend themselves but they think more laws will make us safer rubber band rubber band snaps no it doesn't and no they can't they can do nothing but take away your rights that's what they're talking about again i don't want innocent people going to jail I'd rather guilty people go free in my justice system, and I don't like the justice system we have right now. But it's ludicrous to think that any bill passed by D- out there in D.C. could make us safer. Oh, well, you mean taking take guns out of the hands of bad people? You can't take guns out of the hands of bad people because bad people don't follow the law. So you can make only take it out of the hands of honest citizens, which makes us all... Less safe. Not more safe. Less. The proposal is not likely to get a vote under the reign of Majority Leader Rich Old MacDonald had a farm. Republican Rhino, Kentucky. But, Democrats say the package is intended to show that Democrats are serious about reducing gun deaths, but can't make headway in a Republican Senate. Well, then you have to pass laws specifically for people in the inner cities. And that's going to be kind of racist, don't you think? Because they're overwhelmingly black. That's where all the shootings are. All the big the big shooting numbers are in the big cities because of the inner cities. Ghettos. They're killing each other left and right. Uh, it isn't the police officers they have to worry about. It's themselves. But boy, we gave them an okay to go kill cops, didn't we? And they did. And I don't know, we caught one of them yet? The assassins? You gave them a green light. Whoever gave them a green light, don't you think they should go to jail? They followed up. They did what he said. They went and killed cops. Now that, according to the Supreme Court, is uh, makes them liable for those actions. But we don't hold them liable, do we? You know who I'm talking about. Al Sharp to Jesse Jackson, etc. cetera. All right. Uh, it was serious about reducing guns. No, you want to reduce guns. You, you just added a word onto it to hide it. it. On to reduce guns, not gun deaths. But can't make headway to Republican Senate. Republicans led by... Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn, Texas, are pitching changes to the U.S. mental health system as a preferred way to deal with mass shootings. <sighs> no, they're not. The Democrats and the Republicans are. It's a one party system, really. Democrat leaders are wary that their rank and file could defect and begin supporting the Cornyn bill. Which is backed by the National Rifle Association and not viewed by democrats as an effective way to combat day to day gun violence in big cities like Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore and Saint Louis. Well, if it was constitutional to give us citizens anything, you should give us the okay to go kill the people trying to kill us. Give us a gun, ammo, and a bulletproof vest. Do you really want to make us safer? That's how it works. No, you want to make sure we can have gun, ammo and bulletproof vest, isn't that right? They already have weird laws about walking. Or if you're caught with a firearm and a bulletproof vest, you violated the law. I think New York City or D.C. has that. Well, if I'm licensed to conceal carry or I'm okay to open carry, I'm not a criminal. Why wouldn't I be allowed to wear a vest? What's it to you? <laughs> you never know what some crazy's going to be around. A vest comes in handy. But yeah, they'll throw you in jail because you're wearing a vest and you had a gun. It's just amazing, the things we people put up with. Not viewed, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I sense almost a seismic shift in public reaction. Wow, seismic. (laughs) No. It, It may be. The <laughs> aftermath of the Oregon shooting, but I really do think it will happen, said Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat, Connecticut.
3: You do realize that every time one of these shootings happen, we just call for more guns.
2: <laughs> we
3: just go out and buy more ammo.
2: You need more guns. You need more ammo. We don't need more laws. We don't need more government. And with that, I have to go to heart break. It's the cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs>
6: the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it, what is in it, what is in it.
3: Thank you for caring so much about our health and welfare. Oh, 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 be careful, Mr. President. There is a cliff here.
8: You know what? Maybe this isn't going to help. Maybe you're better off not having the surgery, but taking the painkiller.
3: No,
9: no, I need a pacemaker.
10: Make no mistake about it. President Obama and the Democrats who supported Obamacare began throwing seniors off the cliff back on March 30th, 2010, when they voted to cut Medicare's budget by $575 billion. Don't worry, Grandma. We've got you. Here are the facts the President doesn't want you to know about how Obamacare will impact the health and welfare of your loved ones. Obamacare puts into law the ominous Independent Payment Advisory Board, which is a medical services rationing board, about which the Wall Street Journal reported, for the first time an unelected group will be empowered to limit health spending for the vulnerable elderly. In plain English, that means, as a result of the passage of Obamacare, based on factors such as your age and eligibility, 15 faceless bureaucrats will be making life-and-death decisions on whether or not you and your loved ones will receive the care you need and deserve as a doctor and as an American. That is simply unacceptable. The Congressional Budget Office originally estimated that Obamacare would cost taxpayers $938 billion and then, just 10 months later, revised those costs upwards to $1.45 trillion. Medicare's already on life support, and now Congress wants you to entrust them with the nation's entire health care system.
8: You know he's right. I'm Dr. Chris Held, and all of us agree. Medicare needs to be reformed, but it needs to be reformed in a way that will allow the next generation of seniors to choose the health plan that
5: suits them best.
1: I'm Dr. Jane Hughes. We understand that reform doesn't begin or end with our nation's seniors. If Obamacare is not stopped, your families' insurance decisions and major medical decisions will be decided for you by a small group of politically appointed government
8: bureaucrats. We're not politicians. We're doctors. And as doctors, we don't treat Republicans or Democrats. We treat people. The first step
1: to reform of America's health care system is repeal. Repeal of the highly politicized and deeply flawed Obamacare. To see firsthand what true
8: patient-centered health care reform looks like, please join us at
5: americandoctorsfortruth.org.
1: Help us reform the system while protecting your health care from arbitrary government controls. Let's do it right this time.
9: New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft.
1: Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation working on my new new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take, right now, to improve people's lives. But I, I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had any other plan except to. Damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the. Shut! Can you dig it? You see, this cat Barry is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh,
6: okay.
1: He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman, Michelle.
9: Barack? Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal, but I don't.
0: A shaft now playing
1: in an economy near you. You're damn right.
9: I guarantee you, Barack Obama ain't taking my shotguns, so don't buy that malarkey. Don't buy that malarkey. They're gonna, they're gonna start peddling that to you. I got two. If he tries to fool my Beretta, he's got a problem.
2: Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Okay, now where were we? I don't
3: know. Are you done with before this? <laughs> we were
2: totally interrupted.
3: Are you done with these cockroaches?
2: <laughs> Commercial interrupt us. Yes, and welcome to hour two of the Uncooperative Radio Show. I don't know. I always forget. <laughs> well, not always. All right. Let's see. Where were we? Richard Brumlantel. Senate Democrats are rallying around three key points. Closing loopholes in the current background check system. There is none. Toughening up background checks in general. What does that mean? And shutting down the illegal pipeline of guns. How in the world could you ever do that? That's that's impossible.
3: Again, prosecute someone for Fast and Furious. Our government is having to do is the again, pipeline.
2: Again, these aren't legally purchased firearms, and no, they're not all stolen from somebody with with a right to own the guns, uh, and so that's a problem. No, that does happen, but it's not it's not a big a big part of it at all. So how do you get the how do you shut down the illegal pipeline? Do you know? The only way you can do that is just make guns legal and then nobody will have a, a pipeline anywhere because it's legal. Same with drugs. Same, eh? it's legal. Problem goes away. You can't have drug lords without, you guessed it, drugs. Uh, <laughs> all right. All three of these principles would bolster the background check system by strengthening it and stopping those who try to evade it, according to a dear... A deer. According to a deer, what? Uh, someone thinks someone copied wrong. Anyway, I uh, try to evade it. I uh, uh, the people that try, to, they don't try to evade it. They just don't buy guns in gun stores because they're criminals. Colleague letter obtained by Politico from Senators Chuck Schumer of New York and Debbie Stabenow of Michiganistan, who. Lead the Senate Democrats' policy and messaging arm. These principles will be a rallying point for a public that is eager for congressional action, and will be based, it will be biased for future legislations that we will demand, receive a vote. Really, you've really got to keep trying this. The people aren't behind you. You know they're not going to rally behind you because. You make a bunch of nonsense up. Democrat leaders are wary of making the kinds of compromises they did during a 2013 effort to combat gun violence, only to see the measures fail in the face of bipartisan opposition. Senate Minority Leader Harry Droopy Greed won't be able to attend the press conference on Thursday morning on the east front of the capitol. He is attending a funeral for a former staffer, but he wrote his caucus on Wednesday to urge a strong turnout among Senate Democrats. It is within our power to reduce gun violence and prevent mass shootings. Yes, it is. Get rid of gun free zones, but that's not what you're going to do. Just like with the medical problem with the health insurance, let him, let him sell across state lines. That's what the commerce clause means. Not allowing one state to block commerce from another state. No, not what SCOTUS says it means. SCOTUS, if you haven't figured out by now, are not even worth thinking about. How could anybody who understands the Constitution constantly be split? 5-4, 5-4, 5-4. That's impossible. The Constitution means what it means. They're just making crap up. Reed wrote, a separate dear colleague letter obtained by Politico. We will again introduce a series of proposals to prevent those who should not have access to a gun from getting one. As far as they're concerned, everybody but them should not have one. Democrats said that all their members except for Senator Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, are expected to ultimately back the effort. Heitkamp said in an interview she wasn't familiar with what her colleagues were planning, but hasn't changed her stance since 2013. We'll look at it, but I made my position pretty clear on background checks, and I don't plan on changing it. Heitkamp did support cracking down on straw purchases, where one person buys a firearm for someone else in order to evade gun laws. Well, They already, that's already against the law. And if you want to tell the Justice Department to arrest Bloomberg immediately, and then he'll turn and tell all the people he used to go do straw purchases for his little games, playing around in other people's backyards where he has no business. He is guilty of of a, a straw purchase. Those people went and bought guns, say it was for them, and then they brought it across state lines to him, proving, oh, see how easy it is. Yeah, well, y'all, y'all should be in jail. Why did he get to make a press statement? The press release should have been, oh, not allowed. I'm not allowed to to do straw purchases to make a point about straw purchases. That's right. You're not allowed to break the gun. You know, you can't kill somebody to make a point about how killing somebody's no good. And yet, it, it, nobody went to jail. Um and gun trafficking in twenty thirteen, despite opposing the background checks legislation alongside three other centrist democrats, all of whom are no longer in the Senate. Another conservative democrat, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, still supports the background checks proposal he devised alongside Pat Toomey, Rhino, Pennsylvania, in twenty thirteen. But was not yet familiar with the new larger package And Aid said. Uh, Wow, you you doofus rhinos, you do know we don't want any more gun control laws, right? Gun control means hitting your target. Move along. What's not clear is whether any Republicans would support the measure or if it would be a purely partisan political exercise, old McDonald said on Tuesday, that he'd be taking a look at Carnan's suggestions, but aides declined to speculate on any imminent action on the issue. Tumi said in a brief interview that he's pursuing all options to combat gun deaths. You—it's not your job to combat gun deaths. For Christ's sake, people, please—it's not his job. Why are you doing this to us? The government is not supposed to prevent protect us from gun violence. It is not nowhere in the Constitution does it say that. Your job is to protect you from gun violence. By owning a gun and shooting back. But to be the Rhino, one of the most vulnerable incumbents in the Senate has not yet reintroduced this proposal with Mansion, which Democrats view as an opportunity. Now that they are taking the lead, they hope to coax out positions from GOP senators up for re-election, Putting them on the defensive as gun violence across the country continues. How do they know it's going to continue? Are they part of it? Are they suborning it? Are they they paying for it? Have they planned for it? Was this all devised? Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Now that they're asking the lead to coax out and they're going to pin him to a wall and crucify him. In addition too many senators Mark Kirk of Illinois, John McCain of Arizona, and Susan Collins of Maine supported twenty thirteen background check legislation. Kirk and McCain are also up for reelection next year. I don't care. They're they're progs. They want to disarm us. They want a totalitarian government. They are the enemy, not our friends. Democrat sources said they are unlikely to offer their package as an amendment to unrelated legislation. Instead, pushing Republicans to either have a wide-open gun debate or risk continued Democratic attacks. Let's have a wide-open gun debate. Let's do it. Let's talk about the facts. Let you people—we'll let you go first because you're going to lie at your teeth. see, and that's good because we're going to come with the facts behind you and make y'all look like the doofuses you are. What do you think of that? Good plan, Democrats. Oh no! You go first, ladies first. Go. Do you uh, Republican aides declined to comment. Uh, well, I, I've commented enough for everybody. All, all the people that really care about liberty that is elected in that in that place we call the District of Columbia. I want to see every one of them walk out onto the floor of Congress with a gun on their side. Show us how much you're pro gun. Wear one. No, oh, that's a pro gun now, huh? What's the problem? Only mostly only the Republicans will be armed and probably not the Rhino Republican progs.
3: They don't need guns. Don't they have guards?
2: Oh, they have armed guards, yes. Security, police. Oh, they have special capital police. The D.C. police are not good enough for them. It's good enough for everybody else in D.C. to wait 20 minutes for a cop, but not our elected cockroaches. Stop shuffling papers, Vanna. Well, we just came back from a break.
3: I don't know. We're not doing anything. Stop paying attention to me. You never pay attention to me. Now all of a sudden you're paying attention to me? You're in
2: my peripheral vision and I can hear the papers and I keep thinking you can put a sign in my face right in the middle of me starting something.
3: No. This is serious. This is serious. Um, You brought up, again, another good point. What do they know that we don't know? Why are all the... Do you know how many... I need to get online. I was going to do it this week, but... Things got complicated. I had a lot of other business to do. And actually, count the amount of these shootings that have happened since Obama got into office. Because after this last one, it's a lot. Hmm. This is completely unusual. This is not right.
2: Well, and they're saying it's going to continue. Exactly. Like they know. How would they know that? Why would it continue? I'm telling you, there's only one solution, and you better accept no na- other one, and that's to arm the people. Just give them, just let them carry guns and protect themselves. That's it. It'll take a little while, but crime will be plummeting.
3: But I love how they...
2: Especially as we take them out of the gene pool. See, that's what when you kill these bad guys. That's why I like them when they're killed. It's not because, you know, I like to see people die. It's because I know what happens when they live. There's, there's all the costs involved. And, and put that aside. Then you end up with some hotshot district attorney who wants to take the gun owner, throw the gun owner in jail for defending himself. And uh, on and on it goes. And you know, I can't believe we've gotten to the point where people are so afraid of guns in this country. They don't understand. Everyone carried guns when we were free. Everybody. They didn't expect police to come and they wouldn't pay for this police. It's too expensive. Why would I pay a bunch of people to do something I could do better myself? See, th- that's how people thought back then. Y- y'all got to stop thinking the government is the solution for everything. It's actually, at this point, not the solution for anything. Except turning us into serfs.
3: I'll tell you right now, again, when we going back to taking back your local municipalities, your school boards, if you had a constitutional like-minded Mayor that believed in the Constitution, he would not allow Obama to come. I, I wouldn't if I was the mayor. Oh, don't even bother coming here, Obama. Uh, don't bother well, you. Don't yeah. bring the circus and bread. Yeah, we got to take care of our own people. But
2: that's, that, that's not reality. That's not who they are. Why would they do that?
3: I'm just saying. The part not- of
2: this whole thing. Did you see the idiot attorney general and the state attorney? Stupid things that come out of their mouths?
3: Again, that's why we have to take back.
2: Our states. Yeah, I know why we have to take back our states. Throw From the, ground the bombs up. out. From the ground up. All right. It's the economy, stupid. Medical madness. No button?
3: No. Not for the economy.
2: Something with... We, yeah, we could... What are you talking about? It's too long, though.
3: It is. It's very long.
2: We have the Federal Reserve. Fear of the boom and the bust.
3: Yeah, and the Federal Reserve. And the Federal
2: Reserve. And uh, what do you call it? On um, gold. Uh, f- um, oh, That's a that's Bernanke, hard. Ron. Uh, oh, never Bernanke, no. No. Ron. Uh, Ron? No, not Ron. Ron Paul. No, not Ron Paul.
3: We have Milton Friedman.
2: That's who I was looking for, Milton Friedman. <laughs> Why would you say it's Milton Friedman? No. I know,
3: but we also have one from Ron Paul, too.
2: He, uh, on, on yeah, on something I forget. Uh, what, We're what's talking on? about sound bites. What was he? What was Ron Paul talking about? I thought about? he
3: was with Bernanke. I can look it up.
2: Yeah, he was. I know he was, he was uh, actually putting Bernanke on the hot seat. Right. But you know, he knows the whole thing is unconstitutional. He knows exactly what the Federal Reserve is doing. Anyway, so this is from the dot com.
3: Oh, you know what I could play?
2: No, I don't know what you could play. It's your, that's your job.
3: I have John Wayne on Kin, Kinsey and Socialism. If you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to push a button.
2: There isn't a hell of a lot to, that
5: we can do to change human behavior. Uh, we keep making laws to try and change human behavior. If you can accept it and feel how you would feel about you're being conned into Keynesianism and Socialism now but it isn't going to stop the selfishness of human behavior it isn't going to stop the greed if you give, take $20 and give a dollar to every son of a bitch in a room and come back a year later, one of the bastards will have most of the money. (laughs) I mean, it's just human nature and you're not gonna gonna whip it with a lot of laws. I think when you make people conscious, as communication gets better and you make people conscious, of somebody in trouble starving or something like that the average person will help but of course no have got so damn many charities and there's so much professionalism you know there's uh, if you have a charity you hire some professionals to work up the charity and by the time you get the money you get five dollars for the recipient and, 400 for the for the
2: administrators so I mean, it to... that's it <laughs> that's it that's John Wayne. Wayne yep and uh, this is when he, he was he, he was sick it was an interview and you can hear the machines working in the background uh, I, I, I'll I clean that up I told Susan to remind me I can get background noise out help a little bit
3: well we have quite a few soundbites that you found from John Wade speaking out. We have them on libs. We have a really long one that's like seven minutes long (laughs) and talking about liberalism. Yeah. That's why we don't call them libs here on the show anymore. And I'm not doing it on the Women of the Revolution anymore either because they are not for liberty. They're progs.
2: All right. Back to The Guardian. Mm. The risk of a global financial crash has increased because a slowdown in China and decline in world trade are undermining the stability of highly indebted emerging economies, according to the International Monetary Fund, of which we provide uh, somewhere between 15 and uh, 25% of their funding comes from us. We fund the whole New World Order growing up there. The Washington-based leader of Last Resort said the scale of borrowing by emerging market countries whose debts are vulnerable to rising interest rates in the U.S. mean policymakers need to act quickly to shore up the financial system. Jose Vignas, the IMS financial counselor, said the threat of instability and recession over economies, including China, Brazil, Turkey, and Malaysia was one of a triad of risks that could knock 3% off global GDP. Now, notice they're not talking about Greece and Europe, any other European countries. Why is that? There's certainly the problem. Greece hasn't fixed itself. What's going on over there? Did they give them the money? Did they withhold the money? What's going on? Did they finally do what you wanted them to do, raise taxes and lower government overhead? Austerity doesn't work. Only a useful idiot could buy into that.
3: Now, we read an essay last show that was highlighting how all of this is coming together to collapse the individual countries to create a global need for a one world order.
2: Right. When there's anarchy, that's when they'll be ready to take over. The second, he said, was the legacy of debt and disharmony in Europe, while the third is centered on battered global markets that are more likely to transmit shocks rather than cushion the blow. I'm glad to see they brought up Europe. At the very least, central banks would need to remain vigilant and be prepared to increase their stimulus programs. Should difficulties in emerging market countries spill over into the financial system? This is not capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, capitalism was a derogatory term put upon us by Karl Marx. Adam Smith never mentioned anything any such thing. Free markets—that's it. And no, not free trade. There was never any t- The free trade lot just doesn't work. Free free markets work, but trade between countries can sometimes be free, but it can't always be free, and to the detriment or betterment of each other. A trade agreement should make everybody happy. So, you know, you never mind. I love the way they still do the old English spelling over there. Programs with the two M's. Um, So anyway, you got difficulties emerging markets spilling over into the financial system. But the... but look at us. Why are they looking at the? They don't know as much money as we do. We owe eight over eighteen trillion dollars. No one's ever seen that much money. Where do they keep all that money? <laughs> it's it's in circulation.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say it's like this big vault somewhere.
2: Well, the, no, the idea is to actually put them into the into the market. Right thinking that that's a stimulus, stealing money from their taxpayers and giving it back to the taxpayers as a stimulus. There was theirs to begin with, you doofus. Addressing the prospect of interest rate rise in the U.S., Vignels said there was little reason to tighten monetary policy before Christmas while inflationary pressures and wage rises remain low. Are we? These people are insane. They take food and energy off the calculation for inflation, and then say there's no heightened inflation pressure. I'm sorry, McDonald's quarter pounder cheese meal deal went from four dollars and something cents. Now it's over nine dollars and something cents. I just found that out recently. I almost had a heart attack.
3: Well, I was the one who told I you. will never <laughs> eat
2: McDonald's again.
3: Well, the burger. Congratulations. The double, what was it? What do you usually get? Quarter pounder with cheese.
2: That's what I uh, just said. Right.
3: That The sandwich itself was $4.25. Well, just the sandwich. But the
2: whole thing used to be. I know.
3: <laughs> I know. Well, the other thing also. Well, how did it
2: get from four? for? No, sandwich had to be more than four because it, fries and a soda ain't could get you to nine bucks. It could double the price.
3: I'm just telling you what it was.
2: Well, I think you. Think you misremember. It doesn't matter. I just know my meal deal went from four dollars a change to nine dollars, and that's ridiculous. That's that's like poor people comfort food. Well,
3: when I went now down, I can't eat it anymore because
2: I'm not getting any comfort about the money it costs. You've got to be kidding me! You know what kind of hamburger I could make for nine dollars? Wow! I'm telling you, I could, I could Anyone could make a better burger.
3: Also, when I went down, pound.
2: it's a quarter pounder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> also, when I went down shopping yesterday, I went to buy butter. Now, butter has been slowly going up more and more. I almost dropped the butter because for eight sticks of butter, I was paying $7.23. Eight sticks of butter. $7.23.
2: Eight sticks of butter.
3: Now, I could only buy eight sticks of butter because that's all <laughs> I couldn't afford anything more. So what's gonna happen? We're gonna be using less butter.
2: That's kinda kinda given, isn't it?
3: But this is what you're saying. They're not accounting for this. they' no. we're being crushed.
2: Anybody that's on a fixed income like like I am, they you're all feeling it too, I know. Even the ones that aren't on fixed income that have families yeah you're you're feeling it there's no way you can't feel that kind of rise in prices on on groceries that that screws the poor the poor woman's budget. I know it could be a poor man too. Leave me alone with my illusions, will you anyway um uh, again. Playing with the interest rates and all this—this this is all Keynesian economics. It is not free markets that have failed; it's Keynesian economics that has failed. It isn't the Austrian school of economics that has failed; it is the Keynesian school of economics that has failed. It's so a the Chicago—I can keep going on with this. And then what's the one that is a failure? There, there's a—where's the one that teaches Kinsey? a You know, there's Mises.org, and, but there's one for the Pragues.
3: Is it the Warren School?
2: Mm, that's not what I'm looking no, at it's up. not, because I had that's to look,
3: I know, I wanted to look that up because that, someone was making fun of Trump because he comes from the Warren School.
2: No, that was a school of economics, and it, he couldn't have possibly, it's its a woman's boarding sc- academy.
3: Yeah, I'll look it up after, that's not, you know. No, it,
2: I am right, and that's why it was so ridiculous, they, they said he, Wharton's, the Wharton School of Economics, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think so. That's not the one I'm looking for. There's an organization. Did I say Warren? Teaching,
3: <laughs> what did I say?
2: Teaching kids in economics. And uh, it's it's sort of like the Chicago school. It's a place. Uh, I, don't, I can't make it out. I can't remember now. We've done it on the show numerous times. Anyway, you know, just can say no to central planning, and uh, we'll be all great. If you want to read some great books, you can read stuff from Frederick A. Hayek or Ludwig von Mises. I highly recommend, Recommend John Locke as a foundation, even before you read anything else. Uh, before you read them, because it'll help. Uh, Bastiat is a good read. Bastiat, the Law is on the internet for free. It's a small book. It's a great read. the The wisdom in there is outstanding. You definitely should go find it now and read it. Well, wait till after the show. <clears throat> And be chasing people away This seems to be my my specialty <laughs> all right uh so <clears throat> the wage rises remains low. the risk of a premature tightening are greater than those of waiting two or three more months. He said, so for two or three more months, there's gonna be uh people trading on zero to negative interest rate low uh bonds that we're selling. Yes, we're actually selling negative interest rate bonds. Where? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's amazing. No, they're literally giving it away. And actually, they're, they're, they're not. They're giving it away and a little extra. The warming follows a summer of turmoil in global markets triggered by China's attempt to increase its flagging exports with a currency devaluation. The move sparked panic in stock markets, which tumbled around the world as investors recognized for the first time the impact of China's slowing economy. Again, they're trying to manipulate the economy. That's what governments do. You give them this power, but we didn't give them this power. They don't have it. So we, you know, again, when the states come back, the central bank is gone. Uh, won't be an issue. Oh, there'll be no funding for any of the IMFs and UNs and blah bloobs either because uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that allows us to dip in the Treasury to give other people your money for no apparent reason. <laughs> Even for an apparent reason it isn't there. But for no apparent reason, is kind of mind-boggling. Uh, anyway, so we're good for Christmas. And uh, China will be happy because we'll buy more Chinese crap for Christmas because we don't make toys or anything anymore. So I don't, I don't know how, we don't benefit except for the store, the people that sell it. That's it. That's the only people who benefit from that. We don't get any benefit from it. Well, unless you're employed. <laughs> well, by the when I say, I didn't say the the bosses, I said the business. Whoever's working in the business, like stock boys, et cetera, uh, which turns out our world is crawling with now. Stock people, man, they're going crazy. We got they closed down one of the WalMarts now, so all those people are coming to our Walmart in Butte and stripping the shelves bare. Uh, so now they had to hire a whole bunch more people to get the sh- shelves stocked. Oh, those that horrible Walmart, Employing people, giving them low cost drugs and health and eye vision benefits. The Walmart. <laughs> and we'll finish this up on the other side of the break, John the radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
7: The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots, common sense, conservative talk radio. It's on the Internet. Tune tune, tune in now. Red State
9: Talk Radio, featuring some of the most popular Internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com
4: Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking
7: about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800 That's eight hundred seven six four ninety one sixty eight.
2: Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. All right, where were we in this story?
3: Well, I did want to bring up, again, the, the, when I went to Walmart, they have, there literally were twice as many employees as there was before. And I talked to the cashier, and she had told, told me what Brian just uh, discussed. So what they did is they decided that they were going to do three shifts of stock per- people. And they're young kids. They're millennials. So what's the downside? There is none. For Walmart, why does everyone? And these kids don't want it unionized.
2: Because they make a fortune on the slave labor of their employees.
3: And you do realize that (laughs) if there was a union in Walmart, they wouldn't have been able to hire that many people like they did. Oh,
2: they would have been laying off, closing stores. Uh, you, You know, leave well enough alone, ladies and gentlemen. Just leave it alone.
3: It's organic. Let it be organic.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the mom and pop stores aren't going to come back. So you might as well just deal with it. And again, if you think that if we manufacture here in America and we could give them, oh, well, maybe the only thing we, we make, they'd sell it. It's not like they want to do business with China. It's good business to do business with China. And you have no one to blame but yourselves for your own government. We all did this. We're all part of it. Uh, Some of you were born uh, conservative. I don't know. Maybe you didn't contribute much. I'm just saying. There's no sense pointing fingers anywhere because we all let the government get that big. That's like, you know, the world's biggest loser. How the heck do you let yourself get that fat to begin with? And then I'm sitting here thinking, well, we kind of did that as a country, didn't we? Look, how the heck did we get that fat? How? Without noticing. Okay. (laughs) Earlier this week, the IMF downgraded its forecast for global growth in 2015 to 3.1%, which would mark the weakest performance since the trough of the downturn in 2009. Van said the IMF's latest global financial stability report showed Western economies had regained some momentum in the past year and reduced their exposure to global shocks. This is all, look, they're, they're all just gearing up to, take, to rule the world, okay? They're, and everything that, every step that leads us there is a step towards victory for them. And uh well, like I said, serfdom for us. Come to think of it, Frederick A. Hayek wrote the book called Road to Serfdom. It's a good book. Oh, if you want to hear more about the Austrian Ed's School of Economic Overmis.org M I S M E S I S. M I S I S. What? M I
3: S E S.
2: Mises. M-i- dot org. Oh, right. I was just there today. S-c-s. I was going to
3: do that. The Austrian school Obviously, file. I haven't I been there in a while. Yeah, I was just there today. That's our favorite school.
2: M-I-S-E-S, right? Yep. Okay. Mises. M-I-S-E-S. Ludwig von Mises. This is now from the Free Beacon. Wow, I haven't been at the Free Beacon in a while. Employees for the federal government earn far more than their counterparts in the private sector. And by the way, this used to be the other way around. I kid thee not. <sighs> According to a new study by the Cato Institute. If you don't know what Cato is, it's a libertarian think tank. Federal workers' pay and benefits were 78% higher than private employees, who earned on average $52,688 less than public sector workers last year. Public sector means government. The study found that federal government workers earned on average of $84,153 in 2014. For a bureaucrat? Are you kidding me? Compared to the private sector's average of 56350 Cato based its findings on figures from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, the BEA. But when adding in benefits pay for federal workers, the difference becomes more dramatic. Federal employees made $119,934 in total compensation last year. Okay, how much did the average welfare recipient make last year? Well, you
3: notice we we keep talking, and everybody does, about government you know, being on the tee of the government. If you are living like this, then you will do what the government tells you to do. Otherwise, you will not get any money. So if you need to turn in your neighbor, then you will do so, or your family will not eat.
2: Well, they, they better beat us to the punch because we're going to kick them out of the government and their family will have to find money to eat. So the federal employees made $119,900. There's almost $120,000 in total compensation last year while private sector workers earned $67,246, a difference of over $52,000, or 78%. Since the 1990s, federal workers have enjoyed faster compensation growth than private sector workers, according to the study written by Chris Edwards, the Director of Tax Policy Studies at Cato. In 2014, federal employees earned 78% more on average than private sector workers. Federal workers earned 43% more on average than state and local government workers. The federal government has become an elite island of secure and high-paid employment, separated from the oceans of average Americans competing in the economy. The Edwards wrote... The Edwards wrote... (laughs) The report noted that 2.1 million people work for the federal government, costing over $260 billion in wages and benefits this year. Cato, a libertarian think tank, praised the partial pay freeze implemented between 2011 and 2013 and suggested that the government should reduce the size of its workforce and trim its generous benefits. Cato said average federal workers grew rapidly for a decade, before the pay freeze, but began increasing again in 2014. Gee, wonder what happened in 2014. Federal pay should be reasonable, and we need competent people in federal jobs, assuming that the jobs are useful ones, the study concluded. But the government should not be one of the highest paid industries in the nation. Indeed, an advantage of reducing federal pay would be to encourage greater turnover in the static federal workforce, the study said. That would help more young people enter government and bring in fresh ideas. And, yeah, get rid of the bureaucratic mindset that that stagnated Europe. (coughs) Pardon me. From From Fox News. If you're a millennial who's just graduated from college, congratulations. You deserve a round of applause. But... If you've just graduated from college and moved back in with your parents, what you're hearing is the sound of one hand clapping. Because, let's face it, it's time to grow up and find a place of your own. But should you buy or rent? That's a tough one. If you want to live in New York City or a tech hub like San Francisco, home ownership may not be an affordable option right now. Although renting may not be a good one either. Rents are so high in those cities that you could find yourself living paycheck to paycheck even if you have a good-paying job. But once you've been working for a few years, have some savings under your belt, and some flexibility in where you live and work, buying a home may be a very attractive choice. Nationwide, more people rent than own. 69% in New York City, 58% in San Francisco, and 52% in Los Angeles as of 2012. But renting may not be their best financial option. Most millennials are renting, too. Some of that is because they've delayed major life events like getting married and having kids, uh, says Svenja Gudel, chief economist at Zillow. The online, real estate, and rental marketplace. But now is a good time for millennials on stable financial ground, to seriously consider buying a home because of its many long-term benefits, he says. To help people decide when it's financially advantageous to buy rather than rent, Zillow has established a break-even horizon that gives the number of years you would have to live in the home for the accumulating net costs of renting to exceed those of buying. The number of years varies throughout the country, but the national average is 1.9 years. So, If you're staying at a place for more than two years, you're going to want to buy that house. It will just make more sense, Goodell says. But don't think of your house as an asset like gold, says Joe Chart, CEO of Naked Apartments, a New York rental website. Think of it as a consumer good, like an oven or a car. The value that goods home produces for you comes in the form of rental services. That yield is tax-free because of the mortgage interest reduction, Chard said. And that yield never goes away as long as you own the home. Yeah, they're just saying, why don't you try to live in your home for a while instead of turning it over to pay your credit card bills? Mm. Um, really, I, I, 1.9 years, I'd say four years. If you're not going to stay four years, it doesn't pay.
3: Well, and that's the thing with your with our daughter that's all, every place she goes, she wants to buy a house. well, she's not even there for three four years
2: buy a house she She hasn't lasted a year any place
3: well, she lasted well, no. you're right that she hasn't lasted in an apartment, but she's last, lasted in Butte for three years
2: yeah, that's but, about it. yeah, but she moved how many times
3: five times
2: there you go that you can't buy and sell houses that fast
3: no, you can't.
2: No. And they shouldn't own a house anyway because they have nothing but debts.
3: Well, did you tell them how the market was when we were in Long Island? No. About what? Was it cheaper to get an apartment than to have a house, or was it cheaper to have a house than an apartment?
2: It was cheap. It was more financially beneficial to rent over own.
9: Right. I I went over
2: my friends over and over. I had two of them that bought a house, only one of them was able to keep it before declared bankruptcy uh the one declared bankruptcy because well you know both of them were paying between taxes and insurance and the mortgage fifteen hundred dollars a month this is back in the 80s yep i'm like i can't afford to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month that doesn't even include keeping it up when things break down keeping it up with painting i mean the you gotta be kidding me on my, uh, (laughs) my friend was always going, I'm telling you, Brian, it's more, it makes more sense to buy a house than to rent. I said, well, okay, let's break it down. I pay $700 a month for rent.
3: We didn't pay that much, did we?
2: Yep. That includes all my utilities, except electric cable, cable and phone. So the heat's covered water, water's covered, garbage is covered, all that stuff. Uh, that when you have a house, you got to deal with. And when something breaks, I just pick up the phone and some guy comes over and fixes it. It doesn't cost me anything. On the other hand, I could throw $1,500 in a hole called a house uh, a month. And if I didn't have a lot more money than that, the first time something breaks, I'm bankrupt. But really, $1,500, a month that's twice what I'm paying. How, where's my benefit from? Well, you get equity in your house. Well, yeah, you, but you're paying for that equity every month at fifteen hundred dollars. So what? You may even if you end up with some equity, you're paying twice as much than I am per month to live there. And plus you've got to deal with the landscaping, you get to deal with repairs, you gotta deal with paint, you gotta come on. How could you how can you compare that to just paying seven hundred dollars a month? It makes no sense. The, the housing industry the way it was then, I would not buy a house. I wouldn't buy it.
3: Well, now everybody's doing these stupid reverse. I could mortgages. rent them cheaper
2: back then. I could rent the house for seven hundred bucks back then, but you had to pay all the utilities. Eh.
3: And all these people doing reverse mortgages now, or remortgaging their house, refinancing their house.
2: Well, that <laughs> what good that is what, that? That's what caused the bubble to burst. But
3: they're still doing it. There's, I know there are some people, people trying personally. to do it,
2: but. This is a this, this is a good time to buy but I don't know about sell buying and selling flipping homes I don't think so.
3: I personally know somebody who just did that.
2: <laughs> well you don't just do it you do it as a form of income. Anyway.
3: And they're going back into debt.
2: <laughs> anyway, there is always some risk in owning of course. The housing bubble crash of 2008 still serves as a reminder of the gambling nature of home ownership. If you're not looking to sell your house ever Just two generations ago, one before mine, the goal was to own a home and stay there, raise children, become part of a community. That's what that was all about. If you're not going to stay there for the rest of your life, it's not really as good a deal. I mean, at the end... You you want that paid off and own it and all that work you put in it then can be actually worth something.
3: Yeah, having mortgage burning parties like my parents did.
2: We did too. Uh, yeah, it was considered an achievement to pay off your mortgage. Boy, I could, Uncle Lou bought a, when Uncle Lou bought that house, it was seven thousand dollars. Now it's I don't know how much. It's like over two hundred fifty thousand dollars probably, and it's just a little. Ranch little ranch three bedroom house. I don't think that I don't think it's much bigger than a mobile home.
3: It had it's four bedrooms.
2: No, it is three bedrooms, and that's oh it.
3: three bedrooms. Okay, right. I'm sorry.
2: And, and its square footage was less than our fourteen by seventy mobile home in Florida. It's still worth a fortune. Uh and it provides security in most cases. If you own a home when you approach retirement. You'll either have paid off your mortgage or have just a few years to go. It's a very predictable situation, Goodell says. Every single month, you know what your payment is going to be. I, do, I know that with rentals, too. A lot of millennial parents and grandparents are able to retire off the appreciation of their homes, Charit adds. Renters, on the other hand, don't have that security. When they retire and are living on a fixed income... They don't know what the cost of living will be in five years because they don't know exactly what their rent will be unless they had a five-year contract. This stuff. I, this guy's an expert, really. When they retire. Renters, on the other hand, let's let's talk about let's imagine the renters were taught since a very young age to save for their retirement and save for a rainy day and all that kind of stuff. They're paying half as much monthly for their Place to live. If they just put half of that in the bank, half of that savings in the bank, by the time they get to where the homeowner is, and oh wow, now I don't have to pay. But the renter here has been renting all his life. You know how much money he'd have. He can go now, go out and buy a home. (laughs) He can put money away. If if you put every single penny you have into the house, you suffer. All all for 20 years, and then you finally don't have a payment to make, and more of them are like 30 years. That's a lot of money, a lot of time to invest in paying off a house. 30 years? They have 50-year mortgages now. It's ridiculous. All right. And renters don't have the security if you rent month by month. Most places you uh, normally nowadays have a contract yearly. So you know what your rent's going to be year by year. You don't know what it's going to be, blah, 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 blah. But you also know you could go someplace else that's cheaper if it becomes too expensive where you are. You have absolute mobility as a renter to move back around fast. Uh, when you've got to move and you've got to sell a house, you're going to be leaving with that house being sold by somebody because it takes time to sell houses, especially in this economy all right uh because they don't know what their rent will be if you're renting your landlord can increase your rent at any time that's a, that is not true only if you only if you rent month by month and by the way, I've never had that happen to me. I rented by month by month all the time in long Island i lived I never had a house i I lived in an apartment um uh, I never had to raise my I stayed at one place for a really long time I can't remember it was, it was a couple of years. They never raised my rent they never you know it was just the way it was and I also leave the place better than I found it so I always get good re- recommendations for my Previous landlords. And with that, we have to take a hard break. Sam Quad Radio Show. Stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
5: We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be
8: added to our own. Resistance is futile. This is Jeff Carlisi
1: from the Band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the
8: brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to
7: protect our liberty. Thank you.
6: you see it all around.
1: Jeremiah was my pastor. He was a good friend of mine. I said I never heard a single nasty word he said, and I hope you believe that line. I had the audacity of hope that you'd believe that line. Now I'm saying right was wrong. Jeremiah's gone now. He sleeps with the fishes in the deep blue sea. And he didn't speak for me. Sir, the
5: Clinton. Obamacare, good for you, good for America.
4: A while back, Martha was always complaining about all her aches and pains. But when we got Obamacare, all that changed. As soon as the government rationed her care, she went
2: pretty quick.
8: And now I don't have to listen to.
1: Uh, There's no calls for alarm. We have everything under control. uh, Because we know that something from nothing leaves something. Because you got to have something to run an economy. Something from nothing leaves
3: something. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie?
8: Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right?
3: They come from a
5: chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar?
4: Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free?
5: It is by the time Chef Earl has done with it, honey.
4: Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right?
5: Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling.
4: Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs>
5: Sugar, you're in the wrong
8: restaurant. If you've been successful, you don't you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. There are a lot of smart people out there. It must be because I worked harder than everybody else. Let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of hardworking people out there. If you were successful, somebody along the line gave you some help. There was a great teacher somewhere in your life. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. The Internet didn't get invented on its own. Government research created the Internet so then all the companies could make money off the Internet.
10: I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm, so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County
0: Sheriff's Office. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the
4: way they used to.
7: Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery.
3: Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call
7: now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704.
2: Okay, and welcome back to the Acrobat Radio Show.
3: Yes, and when you met me, we were very good renters. We actually, the first place we ever <laughs> we ever had up by ourselves, we called it the Hobbit House.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: And you painted it, and you made shelving for it. I used to do the dishes in the bathtub. <laughs> it was a clawfoot tub. Yes, we were young and in love. Brian couldn't even stand up straight in the middle of the. He could only stand up straight in the middle because what what it was is an attic.
2: Okay, you got a point.
3: Yes, we were renters
2: too. <laughs> I think they already understood that. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the article. We also find, oh, this was hour three. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, I'd probably tell you, if you want to listen to the show live Thursdays and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time at uncooperativeradio.com, and at that site, you can find every app known to bed for anything you have. If you want to listen on your devices, it's there. Download for free. Have fun. Um, if you listen to my show live, you know by now, it's, uh, you're you're on your own. (laughs) We might just disappear suddenly. Uh internet has been a real chore over the last couple of months. All right. Um, we also find that folks out there who are highly rent burdened, people who spend a very large percentage of their income on rent, have a tough time planning ahead for retirement and saving up for emergency funds. But wait a minute. Slow down. Homeownership isn't always the better option. There are a few things to consider before you call a loan officer and start putting together your 20% down payment. Yes, I did that, too. 20% down payment. You don't see that anymore, huh? Uh. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Release the kitties.
3: Only on this show would something like that happen. Everything around here is uncooperative. Even your phone.
2: 20% down. The first is that saving up for the down payment is no cakewalk, and neither is submitting to the strenuous qualification process for getting a mortgage. Unless you're a minority, of course, then they give you a mortgage just for walking in the door. <laughs> Goodell says there are few entry-level starter homes available, and it's very hard to get the ones that are. Most of the new constructions that are we are seeing are on the high end, she said. We are not building enough entry-level homes. Another is that you can't compare your monthly rent payment with your monthly mortgage payment. Home ownership means maintenance costs. Real estate agent service fees when you want to sell. Property taxes. Homeowner's insurance. Large utility bills and sometimes even trash pickup. You left out water and sewer. All of these costs can add up along the way, and it's not something people usually think of. Ultimately, the decision to rent or to buy comes down to preference and circumstances. If you're in the early stages of your career, you don't know where you will be in a few years, and it's unlikely you'll qualify for a mortgage. So buying a home could be financially catastrophic. But if you've been working and saving for a few years and have some savings under your belt, and possibly a family under your roof, now may be the time to say goodbye to the landlord and open the door to a home that somebody will be, someday will be all yours. Okay,
3: but in this but economy, they don't, someday this is,
2: you owe us anyway.
3: Yeah, in this economy, there's no way these millennials are going to be able to do this. Except, I do have to say something. One exception is your friend that you used to do the radio show with, right? Yeah. He had a plan.
2: Well, yeah, he had a plan.
3: And he was going to make that plan happen.
2: He also had a good job. And he also knew it was... It's, well, it, it's a good job because he's his own boss. He works for himself. So he controls his future, and uh, and he's an IT guy, so everybody needs an IT person.
3: Well, wasn't he going to pay it off like in two years? He had two more years to go He had two more years to go. Years to
2: go be, uh, because he bought an a. Uh, not sort of a more bad neighborhood, and the house was a fixer-upper, so he's been living in it and fixing it up. And uh, he'll have, he put a lot down, and he had a short mortgage, the 10-year mortgage, and he'll be done in a couple of years, and the house will be free and clear. Except he lives in Pennsylvania, and there's that those damn taxes he has to deal with. Alright, so, eh, well, my opinion is, if you're married with two kids, you probably can't afford to live in an apartment, and, oh. or, or would come close to a house. But the overwhelming cost of house, and and, and again, the, it ties you down. You can't just say, "Well, I'm going go to go North Dakota and make some real money," because uh, then you have to sell your house. And, uh, it's such a pain. But trust me on it. It it's a pain to sell a house.
3: Again, how is this going to, how is all this influx of
2: these illegals? They'll need more housing. They'll need more bodegas to go to.
3: But they're going to push us, the citizens, out of all this stuff, yes. out of this market. Oh, well,
2: they're not going to stay in their neighborhood. It's going to, turn, it's going to be just like New York City. Where you just keep moving, you move away, and then, then it, the welfare people end up in Brooklyn and Queens with you because the damn government transplants them there. And then they he's take over whole, Brooklyn's and Green's. He's the got Bronx. a whole
3: plan, Brian. He has actual a grid, a map of where he's going to put all these low-income pieces of crap in a neighborhood near you. In a nice, clean, shiny neighborhood. I don't neighborhood. know this he is. Obama.
2: He doesn't have a map of anything.
3: He has HUD doing it. HUD has the yeah, plan.
2: Not him. HUD. It's not, it's not him. Again, it's people that run him.
3: So they're going to take this beautiful neighborhood and you're going to have a bunch of brown pieces of crap move next door. And you're not going to do anything about it? No one's going to say anything? No you one's going to protest? You
2: can't. It's against the law. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You can't be doing that. You're a xenophobe. What's wrong with you?
3: So you just not go walk over to them, knock on the door and say, I have guns?
2: I wouldn't. Uh, no, I would not do that.
3: Stay away from be- my children? Because
2: they might stick you with a knife, right the chest right then and there so your gun doesn't do you no good. Your house now does it.
3: No, I would prime have a gun
2: on me. Of, <laughs> prime example of someone not thinking clearly.
3: No, I have the gun on me. That's that what you said. On me.
2: No, that's not what you said. You said I'd go over there and tell them there are guns in my house. Well, no,
3: I said I have guns. That's what I said. I have said. guns? I have guns. That's uh, what I no, said. That's
2: not what I heard. Uh, I would have just said uh, nothing until they pissed me off about something, and then I'd tell them stop it. It's kind of how it works. You're just not going to go up to them just because Obama put them there, right? you got to wait for something to happen.
3: What are you doing in my neighborhood?
2: Bomb put me here. That's why.
3: I don't care. You don't belong in my neighborhood.
2: Yeah, they do now.
3: So we have no recourse whatsoever.
2: None. Oh, no. You have nothing. They're minorities. If you complain, the realtors... Look, realtors got to play a funny game to get around that stuff, but they mostly can't get around it, and you're kind of stuck with the stupid laws uh, that, that allow... Welfare people to be placed in your affluent neighborhood to ruin your lives. But again, take control of your government. It won't happen. The state can say no. The county government can say no. You can't say anything.
3: So we have no power, we the people.
2: We do, but we let them take it, and we didn't say anything about it, and now we don't have it. That's what happens when you just let the government decide... Oh, don't worry. It'll be good. I'll give you something. Here. Have a candy. (sighs) I know we have a button for this. We do. Oh, my. Well, push the button.
6: What would you do for Obamacare?
9: Greetings, Comrade. And what would you do for Obamacare? What? Hey? Yes, you. Would you talk your mother into taking these federally subsidized pills in place of her upcoming bypass surgery? Sure. Hey, Mom, I got great news. You don't gotta go to the hospital after all. Just take these here pills and you'll be better in no time. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, Cobra! What would you do for Obamacare? Uh, beats me. Would you leave your children hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? Mm, yeah, why not? Hi, Sign here. And here. And here. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade! What would you do for Obamacare? Comrade, would you publicly denounce the Republican Party and all it stands for? What? Would you agree to be passed at government expense to a protest rally in front of Rush Limbaugh's home and walk around waving a sign that says Rush to Fascism? You're kidding me, right? Would you be willing to dress up like Hitler and attend an extra-scale tea party in your area? Mr. if you don't walk away from me right now, I'm gonna beat the shit. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, Comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Me? Well, hell, I'd do just about anything. Would you tear up the U.S. Constitution? You bet I would. Here you go. What would you do King Comrade, what would you do for Obamacare? Obamacare? Would you agree to donate your organs to medical science at the moment of your head? Uh, well, sure. I mean, if it might help save lives,
2: I... Think. What would you do for Obamacare? All right. Thank you, Dark Prince. D-A-R-C-P-R-Y-N-C.
3: And I want to thank Paul <laughs> Shanklin for all the rest of the parodies that we did tonight.
2: Okay. Moving along to medical madness. From LiveScience.com About 9 million U.S. children are susceptible to measles, either because they haven't received the vaccine against the viral disease, or because they aren't up to date with their shots. A study shows. Which study? Who did it? The findings suggest that although enough people are vaccinated to prevent measles, from spreading widely in the United States, there could still be a large outbreak of the disease due to clusters of unvaccinated children. Okay,
3: again, it's our fault. It's all our fault. It's not the people that we brought in from south of the border that have absolutely no hygiene whatsoever. We we didn't have measles here. That's right. The study's showing it's our fault. The citizens of the United States, not the illegal (coughs) aliens.
2: You don't understand. They're dealing with the problem. They've identified the problem and that's the way that works they, they aren't making any statement at all yet again if you're going to read ahead and then constantly interrupt me with something i haven't gotten to yet it's it's not going to work
3: it just said the reason it is is because no not enough people are vaccinated
2: due to clusters of unvaccinated children didn't say anything about spreading it any farther than that if you're vaccinated You're not going to get it, right? We can't get complacent about vaccinating kids against the measles. You understand, it's a one-world, open-border society now. Even when you do control immigration, there are people flying in and out of this country all the time from all over the world, and that's just the way it is. All that said, though, it wasn't until these illegal aliens started uh, coming over here in large numbers from south of the border that suddenly all these diseases that we had gotten rid of came back. Of course, because they never got rid of them with ethereum. They brought it with them. <clears throat> but I will say this. We need to be exposed to all the, these different kinds of stuff and or get a vaccination because we, we don't want to end up like the Martians, you know. To exposed to something that you, your body's never been exposed to before, that's when that's when it's the worst. So, you know, one way or the other, you're going to pay the piper. Some things are better to get vaccinated for. Smallpox, absolutely. Measles, yes. Those are my absolutes. I don't know. I haven't kept a list of all the diseases they brought back, though. <clears throat> so, anyway study researcher Robert Bednarski an assistant professor of global health at Emory University in Atlanta Bednarski rep- presented the findings here today at ID Week 2015 a meeting of several organizations focused on infectious diseases we have to we have a very wide buffer before this these population immunity estimates start dipping when it dip below the levels needed to provide wide transmission of the virus, Bednarski said. Some parents may avoid or delay vaccinating their children due to concerns about the safety of the vaccine or about giving too many vaccines at once. However, the vaccine is very safe, Bednarski said. There is no reason to give cocktails to children. It overloads their immune system and can cause any number of problems. In contrast, not vaccinating is highly risky and leaves those children and other people vulnerable to a serious illness that can cause many complications. I suggest you get with your pediatrician and come up with a a plan of immunization that you only do one one vaccination at a time, so that the child's immune system
3: can catch up.
2: Can yeah, can adapt to one thing at a time. Give them a cocktail of five, what do you think's going to, five diseases, really? You think that's a good idea? That's ridiculous to give that many shots to a little kid.
3: So are we vaccinating these brown pieces of crap?
2: Oh, I i would have made that mandatory. You but know, then well, I would have made, I shipped them all into Ellis uh, Island, Island to be in quarantine for at least two months.
3: You know what, they were afraid of that? They were afraid that they were going to kill each other.
2: I don't care if they kill each other. They're not my citizens. And if they're going to behave like this, they're never going to be. Anyway. Another good You tact. don't get off of Ellis Island unless they they think you're going to be a benefit to our society. That's how it's supposed to work. It's not how they've been using it. Instead, as a way to destroy our country by bringing people in here that don't understand rugged American individualism. They're South Little World collectivists. They love... They They, they fall for the... The propaganda every time down there. Anytime a leader comes along and says, I'm going to give you stuff and I'm going to screw the rich people, what happens? They vote him into power and then they become a permanent dictator. I I don't know how the guy in Venezuela messed up. He was planning on being a permanent permanent dictator, but it didn't work out for him. He died. See?
3: God killed him. Uh, (laughs) He died a horrible death, actually. He did.
2: I don't know. He's always out there saying, ha ha, I beat cancer.
3: Yeah, well, he didn't. I well.
2: No great loss. But those countries... But it's always the populist voice you hear from South America throughout history. It's amazing. How many times are you people going to make the same damn mistake over and over again? And you want me to feel sorry for them? How stupid do you have to be to constantly fall for the same hook, line, and sinker? Those countries purposely gave us these people. I know what they did. <laughs> and i been telling you. That- Obama is purposely is letting them. Purposely are gonna take in over two now it's over two hundred thousand refugees. Of course, we're probably looking just for the young males, right? We're not gonna take women and children? No Christians, only Muzzies, right? I can't believe nobody sees what this guy's people are doing. It's it's just obvious. Tommy the commie Woodrow Wilson is the one that said it. he wanted to flood us with immigrants uh, that didn't understand. American individ- rugged individualism, and so could be more easily manipulated into t- more government. That was the plan. He won. And that's what they're doing right now. That's, there's no question they're doing this on purpose.
3: Yeah, but the question is, what are we going to do about it?
2: That is the question. Well, you have my plan, or you have a bloody revolution. Pick one.
3: Or just say no.
2: And yeah, I I, I haven't heard of another plan out there that has as much a chance of actually winning and restoring and keeping the Republic than mine. And the reason is, because if it doesn't come from the ground up, then we, the people, and the people in our government don't understand the Constitution. And if they don't understand the Constitution, or they don't want to understand the Constitution, then we're right back where we started from. Because... Now the people have to stay engaged. The people have to control the state, the local and state governments, and the state governments got to control the federal government. So that's the way we, the republic is supposed to work, and that's what we get back to. But you can't, you can't succeed and or keep the republic unless everybody involved understands liberty, freedom, the United States Constitution, state constitution, state sovereignty, individual sovereignty. We're nowhere near that now, are we? But we will. Slow and steady wins the race. Oh, no, they'll destroy our country. Maybe. Maybe not. They're trying, but so far, no matter what they've done, it hasn't worked. Unfortunately, they just keep trying. And it, and the other stuff still, the black people are still running around killing people, you know. Burning things down, lewd. This It's all still going on across the country. They're not telling you about it. I don't know why. When it reaches, I guess, a f- fevered pace, that's when they're gonna. That's when they're gonna drop the hammer. They're pushing this. They're gonna try. I'm telling you. They're pushing to destroy us economically and socially. Um. Okay. Where are we? Some parents may have delay the vaccines. In contrast, not vaccinating is highly risky and leaves those children. And other people vulnerable to a serious illness that could cause many complications," Bednarski said. In the new study, researchers analyzed national vaccination data for U.S. children from 2013 to 2014. Oh, by the way, nowhere in this con- in this conversation do I want to mandate vaccinations. There will be no federal government mandate of fact That's not, no, I don't want to. But if you're going to go to the public school, the government schools, the government has the right to say you can't go to school. Like when I was, I had to have my shots before I was allowed to go to school, just like a dog. Kind of felt like that anyway. But yeah, you had to get your shots or you weren't allowed to go to school. Well, you can homeschool. You can tutor, private school. It's all kinds of things you could do. Uh, But some of the, I would look at the vaccines individually, and some of them are really something you really want to make sure your kid gets vaccinated against. And smallpox and measles are two at the top. Smallpox, because they're going to, they're going to try and weaponize smallpox. So it'd be beneficial for us to have some immunity to smallpox. All right, Uh, in a new study, 2013-2014, in order to be considered protected against measles, children had to be vaccinated on time, meaning they received one shot of the measles, mumps, and rubella MMR vaccine that gives 12 to 15 months and a second shot when they were 4 to 6 years old. They shouldn't mix them together, I'll say it again. Overall, 12.5% of U.S. children, or 8.7 million kids, are not fully protected against measles, the researchers found. About one-quarter of children ages three or younger are susceptible to measles. And about 5% of 17-year-olds have never received any doses of the vaccine, the researchers found. Some children can't be vaccinated due to medical reasons. For example, they may have an immune system condition that prevents them from responding properly to the vaccine. Other children are too young to be vaccinated. The study estimated that around 2 million U.S. children are susceptible to measles because they are less than 1 year old. However, the researchers assumed in their study that infants ages 6 months or younger have some level of measles protection from their mother's antibodies. You can't unless she's breastfeeding. Measles is highly contagious, and researchers estimated that about 92 to 94% of the population needs to be vaccinated in order to prevent widespread transmission of the disease. Right now, the U.S. measles vaccination rate is around this level, but if it drops any further, it's possible that the measles outbreaks could lead to widespread illness, the researchers said. Now, also understand the importance of breastfeeding here, ladies. I know it's inconvenient, but especially for uh, the first week, the baby needs to get its antibodies from you to for his immune system, his or her immune system. You can't provide that any other way, but you can provide it that way. Your antibodies can be transferred to your children, but you have to breastfeed, and especially in the beginning when there's this special thing that comes out. That's where most of the antibodies are. But breastfeeding in general is very healthy for children, and it can help them be immune to a lot of a lot of things that they wouldn't be immune to except they get exposed to them themselves later but your antibodies would be passed along so they would be as susceptible to those things as those that are bottle fed i notice they aren't talking about that because we got to we got to be for you women going to work we can't let just talk about it, let you stay home and breastfeed or, or anything like that you need to work Man, don't you feel like the government's trying to turn you out as a slave? Measles is highly contagious, and researchers estimate that about 92 to 94 percent of the population needs to be vaccinated in order to prevent widespread transmission of the disease. Right now, the U.S. measles vaccination rate is around this level, but if it drops any further, it's possible that measles outbreaks could lead to widespread illness, the researchers said. Measles can cause dangerous complications, including pneumonia and brain inflammation. And about one quarter of children who get the disease need to be hospitalized. So far this year, there have been 189 cases of measles in 18 states. Most of these cases occurred as part of a larger outbreak that began in Disneyland in January. It is frustrating to admit children to hospitals with a disease that is very preventable, said Dr. Matthew Zahn, medical director of epidemiology at Orange County Health Care Agency in California. Zahn's county experienced 35 cases of measles during the outbreak. It is sobering to recognize that one exposure event can cause so many public health ripples around the country, he said. And no, yes, it did. Disneyland is in California, not Disney World is in Florida.
3: I understand that, but I don't believe it for a second. I don't trust these people. They're not telling us the truth.
2: Oh, it's true, but they're not really. They're not being like climate change people. They're not trying to be alarmists. They just say, "Okay, this is the risk, and this, these are the facts, and everything they presented." But is, they're not tell- everything they presented is true. They didn't take into account breastfeeding, which is stupid. But uh, you know, whoever said our scientists were brilliant.
3: But they're, they're not saying why all of a sudden, since we had this mass migration... <laughs> right.
2: We know why we have to deal with it regardless. Regardless of why... You're, you're politicizing disease, and it, that's what the federal government does. Stop it. Uh, a disease is a damn disease, and it doesn't care if you're a progressive or a conservative. Got it? And these highly contagious diseases can wipe out a large portion of our population. Um if it's all the people he brought over here illegally, then, well, you know, I'd be okay with that, but it's going to affect some of our citizens, especially elderly, those uh, immune system, uh, immune compromise, and children, the ones that are going to be hit the hardest, because it's always, it's always the case, but, you know, we can't get rid of everything, you know, we all seem like we want to live forever. It, it's it, it's not, You're not going to get rid of everything. You can't get make us perfectly safe all the time. Not without putting us in a bubble and we're walking around in bubbles bouncing off each other. I'm sorry. I know I wouldn't, like I said, I'm not for the government mandating it. Uh, I am for, though, giving you the information so that as a parent you can decide, based on the facts, what, what you want to do. Again, if you're immunized and you breastfed from the beginning, it's likely it's not that big... It's likely your kid already has some immune to measles, mumps, and rubella. But if you don't, they come out a clean slate with absolutely nothing, no antibodies against all the diseases that could be around them. More important, in my opinion, than vaccinating is breastfeeding. If all the women breastfed instead of bottle fed they'd be passing on immunities to their children, we wouldn't have to worry about all these widespread outbreaks and everything would be better, but you know, we can't do that because uh, women claim that we're milking them like a cow and they get very pissy I don't, I'm sorry, I don't understand why women would put career before family, it just makes no sense to me other than they grow up in a really horrible family So moving right along from the Wall Street Journal, researchers have grown kidney-like organs in a laboratory dish, the latest advance in the effort to bioengineer complex human organs for medical use. In a study reported with Nesday in the journal Nature, the team described a set of experiments that transform a human skin cell into a kidney-like structure about 5 millimeters across. It consisted of a dozen different cell types that displayed some of the intricate anatomy of a mature organ. What we have is the equivalent of a first-trimester human kidney. Oh, so they won't have to buy it from Planned Parenthood.
3: Thank you. That's why I put this article up.
2: Said Melissa Little, development biologist at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute.
3: Didn't you hear Pelosi? There's In
2: Melbourne, Australia.
3: There's no other way to do this. To do what? To 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 cure diseases by but what Planned Parenthood is doing. There's no other way.
2: Planned Parenthood doesn't do anything for disease.
3: That's what all the progs are claiming. If they, they have what, to what
2: services a... do they provide? List them.
3: They have to they have to take the stem cells from the little babies to help cure diseases. Oh, There's no. no other way.
2: You are not. You have not been watching the videos. No, 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 no. No. They harvest organs from unborn children.
3: I have been watching the videos, but that's what the progs are claiming. There's no other way to cure diseases.
2: What disease did planned parent planned parent wasn't even created? To prevent disease
3: no but their services to give to researchers all this tissue is the only thing that can cure disease that's it
2: i'm sorry harvesting our children is the only way to do what we don't i'm sorry that's only for organ transplants and if you if you're unlucky enough to have that happen too bad stuff happens you i'm not going for them cutting up babies no way Uh Uh-uh. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) You're going to tell me that's for science. Find another way. Have a nice day.
3: They just... Just
2: freaking... All the scientists are turning into Dr. Mengele. What the hell?
3: They just authorized funding for planned paratops. Well, they
2: were never going to not fund it. I knew that from the beginning, Susan. They can't... They don't... They would have to unfund other things they want, and so they're not going to do it. See, I would. All right. Until until we pass something here that defunds planned parenthood we're not passing anything so uh they won't be getting any money anyway because we're going to shut down the government then we'll see what happens when the baby mills shut down
3: <laughs> i again they just they're not going to do it they're not going to do anything the United the no, they want. You
2: not know, i keep telling you I was I clear from the beginning that sending people to Washington, D.C. would solve nothing? It can't. You'd have to have a supermajority, and we're not anywhere near that point yet, and we're never going to get it because some people are going to be swinging back and forth between Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, for all eternity. Elections can't have consequences, and the only way that happens is we restore the republic. Then it doesn't matter who's who has the majority you can only do what the Constitution says you can do, and nothing more. It's a real simple concept, I know, but you know what? It's That's the power. We created the Constitution. We tell you what's constitutional or not. Not the Supreme Court of the United States. You should start by changing the name. ...boring court of the United States... ...because when we go back to the Constitution... it got nothing to do, they're going to be bored... ...nothing exciting anymore... ...just mundane... ...bureaucratic nonsense... ...which is why they stole power... ...they didn't want to be... ...irrelevant... ...but again... ...we... ...the republic is we the people in charge... ...just like the free market is we the people in charge... ...and if we the people can't be in charge then we're never going to restore the republic. So if you don't understand the Constitution, please start learning, because you can't restore what you don't understand. There's too many people trying to, trying to restore something or even make it better that are doing nothing but attempting to get people to amend the Constitution with crap that further destroys it. Back to the article. The Institute was established by the mother of Rupert Murdoch, owner of Fox News Channel, uh, <clears throat> the executive chairman of News Corp., which publishes the Wall Street Journal. In 2011, Mr. Burdock and his family provided $10 million Australian dollars to the Institute. Well, they also do Fox News Channel. They also do Sky News in Europe. Uh, I don't know. I think I heard him just branched off into something else. Doesn't matter. They put the kid in charge, and now it's turned into Prague Central. The lab-made organ is a long way from being fully functioning kidney that could be usefully transplanted planted into a person. But it may be complex enough for another purpose to test drugs. Scientists typically rely on animal experimentation to determine whether a new compound is toxic to the kidney. But the approach isn't very predictive. A pharmaceutical company can spend millions of dollars developing a drug only to discover when they begin human trials that the compound is harmful and has to be ditched. Kidney toxicity is one of the main reasons why new drugs don't make it to the market. The great hope is that drug companies will use the new lab-grown kidneys to screen drugs instead of relying mainly on animal experiments, said Jamie Davis, a tissue engineering expert at the University of Edinburgh, who wasn't involved in the nature study.
3: But he had an opinion.
2: He certainly does.
3: (laughs) Well, the PETA people will be happy about this. Not using animals.
2: True. But not there yet. And uh, also... This doesn't justify dealing in body parts of babies. Yeah, well,
3: PETA doesn't care about that. Yeah, well, I do. (laughs) PETA doesn't care care about humans.
2: I don't care what PETA cares about. I don't care about (laughs) PETA. If they died tomorrow, it would be a happier place.
3: Did you do your spiel?
2: I didn't. I just started and you interrupted it before.
3: (laughs) You just stopped spontaneously. I I was wondering what happened. You went back to the article.
2: Because you... Talk to me to death. Uh. Uh, anyway, I already told you how to listen to us live. But it's a very adventurous thing you do when you listen to us live. You can download and listen to all our shows also at uncooperativeradio.com. dot We're also up at Talk Shoe, Talkcast ID ninety four sixty one nine four sixty one. Uh, I put the shows I put the shows up over there when I'm, after the show's over. Um, what else do we got? Oh well, don't forget. That we are rebroadcast at redstatetalkradio.com. We're also found on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podbean, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Some places picked up my RSS feeds. I don't know. But if you do a search, you can certainly find the Uncooperative Radio Show. Um, again, live, it'll be Sundays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, at uncooperativeradio.com, which is Spreaker. Uh, we're rebroadcast at Red State Talk Radio. It has two studios now, so you got to pay attention. We keep telling you to write this stuff down if you want to listen to our show over there. Studio A at RedStateTalkRadio.com. Our show is rebroadcast Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The 24/7 listener line, free listener line. That you listen, you can't talk, but you can listen for free. Regular phone number doesn't cost you anything special on our end. Your charges by your plan, personal plan, may differ. Obviously, you got to pay whatever pays on your end, but on our end, it's free. Okay, no data, no nothing, no smartphones, just phone call. 605 562 4209. 605 562 4209. Studio B, our show rebroadcasted on. Sundays, 12 a.m. Eastern, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, and Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern. The 24-7 to listen line over there is 518-712-0045. 518-712-0045. While you're over there, don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter. It's an excellent newsletter. You won't be sorry. <clears throat> Look, if the first one comes and you hate it, it just unsub. No big deal. Uh, but you're not going to, you're going to like it. I'm telling you, very very professionally done, good writers, excellent job. Anything else I forgot? You said the speaker apps. Yeah, apps everywhere.
3: Okay, good.
2: No, good done. There's apps over at uh, com as well for both uh, iPhone and Android. I'm not sure about the tablets yet. But go check. They're free. <clears throat> All right. Who is George Mason? (laughs) Why come I always say it was Colonel Mason and stood up and said, we need uniform rules of naturalization. Meet George Mason. Colonel Mason. (laughs) From World Net Daily, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. You know, after learning uh, the language of the Founders, And the framer, this language makes sense completely on its own. You don't need anybody to do anything to it. It says what it means, and it means what it says. There's no interpretation. It's clear. Congress requires the legislative branch to do something. Shall make. Shall is the strongest word you can use, which is must. Must. So it's must make no law. So first I have to pass a law. So if Congress isn't involved, it doesn't apply. If Congress isn't making a law, it doesn't, doesn't apply. If Congress isn't making a law, respecting the establishment of religion, which means making an official church of the United States, like uh, the Baptist. Baptist Church is the church in the United States, and if you're not part of the Baptist Church, you get screwed. That's it. That's all it means. We're done. It's over. That's all it was about. Notice, though, you can't nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. In other words, you can pray wherever you want. You can have religious symbols wherever you want. Uh, God could be everywhere. Doesn't matter. There is no right to be free from religion or God. Sorry. As a matter of fact, God was noticeably everywhere in our early years. But, you know, commies and atheists, well, atheist commies, they don't, they don't like it because, first of all, they have to get you can't believe in anything more important than the state. Most of the atheists are just communist agitators, frankly. They're full of crap. The ones you get in debates with on the internet, they're full of crap. They're commies. They're communists. They're not... The communists are atheists. That's, that's the thing. Because you're not allowed to believe in anything more powerful than your government or that you get rights from anywhere but your government. Thus began the first of the Ten Amendments, or Bill of Rights, which were approved September the 25th, 1789. The father of the Bill of Rights was George Mason of Virginia. George Mason was the richest man in Virginia, owning 15,000 acres. When George Washington was chosen to be commander of the Continental Army, George Mason was drafted by the citizens of Virginia to fill Washington's place in the Continental Congress. George Mason wrote the Virginia Declaration of Rights, from which Jefferson drew from to write the Declaration of Independence. George Mason stated before the General Court of Virginia, The laws of nature are the laws of God, whose authority can be superseded by no power on earth. This phrase of Mason's was mirrored in the Declaration of Independence as the laws of nature and nature's God. George Mason was one of 55 founders who wrote the U.S. Constitution, I'd make him a framer, but was one of the few who refused to sign it, because it did not end the slave trade and did not put enough limits on the federal government's power. Well, they couldn't couldn't end the slave trade. They tried in the beginning. It didn't work. So they put things out to see that it would end in a In a timely fashion uh that 's where you see the any any law, anything in the Constitution has that date eighteen o five that 's when they wanted that 's when they expected to get rid of immigration that 's when no more migration of slaves were allowed, so they can only breed their own at that point uh, but that was what the South understood. they were both playing the same game they were trying to get one up on the South South was trying to get one up on them it was such a pain it really was they almost all walked out uh and that would have been the end of it. And that's why. That's why George Washington. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Uh, we got to rethink this. Ben Franklin's like, we get, we need to pray. Uh, I saw. Yes, he did. And uh, yeah, well, so Mason was expecting way too much. You can't create a nation if you're going to tell half your nation that they can't they have to completely lose their way to eat, to to make money, to live that's they relied on the slaves they couldn't exist without the slaves there was no people to take those jobs and before the blacks we had indians and slaves we had plenty of white indentured servants as slaves too but the african uh continent people they were more hardy more used to working in hot climates and uh etc had better constitutions so they they switched to black slaves. Who were brought over here by the Europeans, specifically, brought by the Dutch, and who brought them? There was already slavery everywhere in Europe, and in the the UK, the you know United Kingdom, their empire. But the, there was no way to get the South on board, if, and there was no way our nation factically could have survived because we can't survive with half our country going broke, and then fight a war. Uh, so George Mason had unrealistic expectations, to say the least. However, slavery wasn't the big issue. And if you read the Anti-Federalist papers, you'll find out most of his beef was he thought the executive branch was giving too much power. But they didn't give him too much power. The legislative branch gave him too much power, uh, tur- as it turns out, because it wasn't enough power for them to do enough damage until, you know, till the Prague started taking power. Oh, the president could do this and that. He's got a bureaucracy. Now his executive orders affect people. Yay! Now he can ruin their lives. Oh, yay. He, you know, he was, honestly, I came at the other, I thought he was insane at the end of it when he said all those things, because I, going through the constitutional debates uh, every day, there is, no, I don't believe that there is way you could come up with a a better compromise. It It just, there was nothing else to be had. That was the best compromise they could come out that they could all agree to that kept as little of power as possible in the central government uh, and if we had stuck to it and we had enforced the constitution it would have remained that way nothing the executive said or did would have anything to do with you the executive being the president of the United States anyway where was I here On August the 27th 1787 George Mason stated every master of slaves is born a petty tyrant they bring the judgment of heaven upon a country as nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world they must be in this by an inevitable chain of causes and effects providence punishes national sins by national calamities George Mason joined with Patrick Henry and Samuel Adams in an effort to prevent the Constitution for being ratified. They feared that too much power concentrated into the hands of the federal government would result in the same trampling of individual rights that King George III perpetrated. George Mason's opposition to the Constitution cost him his friendship with George Washington. It was Henry, Adams, and Mason they wrote the pamphlet. They didn't write the anti-federal papers. No one wrote the federal papers either. They were a collection of uh, newspaper articles and post-its you know, posted bills that uh, that tried to get them either on the federal side to ratify the Constitution. And un- the, the anti-federalists, they didn't want it to be ratified. But the Articles of Confederation, I don't know what they were hoping for, because the Articles of Confederation had, had failed. That's why they were all sent there to fix it. It failed. No one wants to hear this, especially the ones that think we should go back to the Articles of Confederation, because it was stolen from us. How could you? How could it be stolen from us when we voted to ratify it? Sorry, we voted for the Constitution, and the Constitution didn't steal squat. If enforced, it, we'd still be living in the same liberty we had in seventeen eighty-nine. Anyway, when the Constitution was ratified, George Mason led the effort to insist. At the first session of Congress, there should be limitations or amendments put in place which would restrict the power of the new federal government. Actually, uh, Madison had agreed to that at the end of the Constitutional Convention of 1788. They all agreed, Madison agreed, that he would, Madison specifically, would put all the stuff that all the states sent them that they wanted amendments and put them together and present them in the House. Uh, but we need to ratify the Constitution. We, we, we just we need to move now. And so Mason agreed, and that's what happened. And he got his Bill of Rights, as promised. And as I promised, that Bill of Rights was going to cause more harm in the f- than if it had never been passed. Don't give him any more words to play with, all you people that want a convention of the states. First, take your state back before you trust them to mess with the Constitution. All right. uh, (laughs) When the Constitution... George Mason led the effort to insist... Blah. I did that already, right? Yes. George Mason stated, there is no declaration of rights and the laws of the general government being paramount to the laws and constitution of the several states. The declaration of rights in the separate states are no security. George Mason's role... Was acknowledged by Jefferson April 3rd, 1825. The fact is unquestionable that the Bill of Rights and the Constitution of Virginia were drawn originally by George Mason, one of our greatest men and of the first order of greatness. And now you can all stop saying Thomas Jefferson did it. George Mason did it. The preamble of the Bill of Rights stated the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed the desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. Resolved, that the following articles be proposed to the legislatures of the several states as amendments to the Constitution of the United States. George Mason originally suggested the wording of the First Amendment be, All men have an equal, natural, and unalienable right to the free exercise of religion, According to the dictates of the conscience and that no particular sect or society of Christians ought to be favored or established by law in preference to others. If anyone's now still confused that it was a freedom of religion and the Constitution was based on Christianity, the different Christian sects does it apply to any other religion? That wording should have been preserved because that makes it very clear that now they did it all legally easy on you and you get confused. They had a whole committee of styles to screw up the words so you couldn't understand it, it seems. Anyway, I, li- I like his first, I like that much better because it's it says right out, it doesn't say anything about the government can't do this. It's like, oh, no, religion, leave them alone. <laughs> but it's it says no particular sect or society of Christians ought to be favored or established by law in preference to others no one gave a crap about religions they didn't even know like Islam and the Buddhism and they were, that was not the meaning of, Well, they
3: knew they existed they just didn't care about it
2: I don't think Buddha was around yet and uh, Islam, the average person knew nothing about the fuzzy ones well,
3: I don't understand that but our learned men did
2: Actually, they didn't. That's why Jefferson had to get a Koran for himself and read it, because he knew nothing about Islam. It's over there. It's not over here. It's over there.
3: Yeah, um, Obama-ness and you, your ilk. They didn't come over on the Mayflower. All right, it wasn't the first mosque was ever built over here, as with the first church. No, 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 no. There was never muzzies in our land till no, you came in. There
2: were there were muzzies in Europe, and uh, so they did know about them because, remember. They, inv- they invaded Europe all the way up to Spain before the Crusades were called to beat them back. They were being invaded and taken over like Mohammedans do the world over. Like they're doing now. And the car- the church had to say, "Whoa, who to do? You, do? They, they, you know, we didn't just, the churches didn't even start when they invaded the Holy Land. You're talking about, oh, the religions are this and Christians that. No, but we, we, we. No, Islam is crap, and it's a Lucifer's religion, if you could call it that. But, no, it wasn't till then. And that was also the Spanish Inquisition. That was after they had beat the Mohammedans back. They wanted clear it out of the land. Spanish Inquisitions were supposed to be just for muzzies. But now some some local people got crazy. You know, the local people, you know, the priests and the cardinals and all that. Well, you know, it always happens. They go, well, might as well extend this to the Presbyterians, too, because they're infidels, they don't believe like us. That's That That was how it branched over to the Protestants, uh, which was not what it was about. It was about getting rid of muzzies, but, again, bad players with power often abuse it.
3: And now the church is embracing the Muslims.
2: Well, they might as well. They'll- they're going to cut off his head, anyway. They they've already said that they're going to take over Italy and the Holy See, so ISIS is planning to come knocking on his door. I hope he has wide open arms for him, Popeye the Popey man. And with that, I have to end the show. And same, because we could really get. We're gonna to have to do, pick this up on the next show. All right. spin the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening on uncooperativeradio.com. And say good night, Susan.
3: Good night, Susan.
2: And we're out of
3: here.